afford to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the Zoom room, he's in Massachusetts. He was just on the show over Christmas for the Maiden Christmas episode, plus he does tons of the Facebook artwork for us. Please welcome my co-host for today, Kyle Hildreth. Kyle. Hey Pat, how you doing? I'm good. Now, where are you uh, located? You're you're in your house. You it looks like you are you in a man cave of some sort in a den. <laughs> no, it's my ba- uh, my bedroom. You're in your bedroom. I've been sequestered up here because the ladies are downstairs having a girls' night. So it's right. going to be me up in the rock and roll bedroom. All right. Well, this is perfect. Then they they've got yeah. something scheduled, and uh, Dad that can go fine. do his stupidness. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure, they're just like whatever, Dad. You dumb stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What are the girls fine. doing? It's your wife and your two kids. Yeah, it's uh, Cass is downstairs. She's making supper for the girls, and Abby and Lucy are picking a movie out. I think they're looking for a Melissa McCarthy movie. My youngest daughter, Lucy, wants to watch Tammy so bad, and she's wanted to watch this for years, and I don't understand why. Because <laughs> it's, it's not, not good. It's not amazing. No. But um, I think they might be watching Tammy. So all we'll right. See. Well, it's it's yeah. not one of it's not one of her best, but no, not at all. We just went through the Saturday Night Live clips, and those are great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what the review is after this. All right. Uh, Kyle. By the way, thank you for this. I'm so amazed that you want to do the Wasp discography. (laughs) I just couldn't believe that you were going to do this, so thank you. Never, 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 Uh, ever would I do the Wasp discography. Episode 666 is coming up. Come on. You know what? Now that you mentioned that, what am I going to do for yes. episode 666? It's got to be. What are you going to do? It's got to be something, right? It's got to be. I mean, awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I got uh, what this this episode is number 621. So, yeah, I, I got uh, I got a little bit, you know, I got what? 45 episodes to think about it. Yeah. I, I say you let me come back. because I'm such a good guest and we'll do uh, Black Sabbath. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. No, I know my face. My face says no, but I'm th- I'm thinking about it. I understand. Haven't done a Black Sabbath. Why episode. you take? Well, that's why I wanted to do this one because when I used to listen, I've listened to them all, and I heard I think you have Wayne Fetterman on for Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Fed Zeppelin. No, yeah, that was great. But you didn't have the other two of the big three on. I was like, what? How? And you've done everybody almost. And how have you not done Sabbath or Purple? Um. There's just so many bands. It's, yeah, you just, there's I know. Yeah, so many, I know. you know, so like when you throw someone out and when you throw Deep Purple out, I'm like, oh yeah, because their discography is what, what do we got? Like 22 albums? It's heavy. Yeah. It's got a lot. 22 studio albums, including yeah. the most recent one that just came out uh, a, a few weeks ago, really, uh, called <laughs> Turning to Crime. It's a yes. covers album. Yes. It's That'll a good close, one too. That, that, yeah, it is a good one. That'll close out the discography today. Cool. We're going to start in 1968. I was just four years old. You weren't even here. No, I'm zero. Negative zero. Yes. And um, the first album is called Shades of Deep Purple. Before we get into that, though, I want to everyone to know the the current lineup of Deep Purple is Ian Pace, 
and uh, I had it right in front of me, and I know it. Uh, but now I'm I'm just I'm just dropping the ball. Ian Pace, Roger Glover, Steve Morse, Ian Gillen, and Don Airy on keyboards. That's the super group right there. For That's loud. the super group. That's and Steve Morse has been there for so 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 long. Ninety six, ninety five, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's, I was. Yeah. They are Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ductees, and I was there the night they got inducted. That's right. Yes, I remember that. The members that got inducted that night were Ian Pace. Now, Ian's been there the whole entire time. Yes. He's the linchpin. He's Pace. never been yep. gone. Never. Nope. Ever. Solid as he drums. So we had Ian Pace, John Lord, Richie Blackmore, Roger Glover, Ian Gillen, Rod Evans, David Coverdale, and Glenn Hughes. Those yeah. were the guys that got inducted. Excluded from induction were Nick Simper, Tommy Bolin, Joe Lynn Turner, Joe Sacchiani, yeah. Steve Morse, and Don Airy. Of those people, yep. I feel like Steve Morse should be in there because he's been with the band so long. He should have been, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Tommy Bolin was there one album, Joe Lynn Turner one album. Yeah. Joe Sacchiani, I don't think he's on any albums. Maybe he was just on a tour. Nope. He was on a tour. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel they got it right. Except for Steve Morse. Yeah. You know what? Even put in Airy because he he's rock and roll royalty. He's been on well, everybody's album for tons of years. That's since true. Probably, since Purple started even. Yeah. Even. And I don't know if Don Airy doesn't get in with Deep Purple. I mean, who's he going to get in with? Uh, Ozzy, maybe. Maybe Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, but that's a long shot even for that. But this Ozzy's is already in. Is, isn't Ozzy in solo? I would think so. Yeah. Maybe so, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. If not, yeah, this was his best shot. This was, was his best sad. shot, and it's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. He's done so much, and he's not going to get that. But you know what? It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're only going to get so much out of that. Yeah, that's true, too. You're, yeah. That's true. So we're going to go way back to... Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. Yes. First of all, let's find out about Kyle. Kyle, what, you, okay. what do you do for a living? I am a web developer a social media manager. I work for a company that rents out tents, bounce houses, party supplies, Mm -hmm. and I do their online presence and their online behind the scenes stuff. And you enjoy that? Yeah, it's good. It's a good company, small company, um, but a good family and it's good work. Yeah, I like it. That's good. And is is most of your work from home even before pandemic? Um, Yeah, it kind of transitioned more and more, especially during the summer with the girls home from school. and then when the pandemic came, it wasn't a big switch. It just made it kind of easier, actually, because we had and, more stuff in the house. And your love is art. You like to draw. Yeah, that was, yeah that's the other stuff. It's a little bit of a freelance artist. Um, I'd like to do more of that, of course. But, mm. you know, time, <laughs> effort, and the amount of work you put into it is only up to you. So haven't reached that part yet, but I'd like to. But currently on Instagram, you're putting out like uh, a little sketch every day. Yeah. No, I try to that's where I do most of my work and show most of my progress. Um, this year, this month, January is uh, caricature month. So they're doing caricatures a day to every December. I do the uh, advent calendar where I post a picture a day that comes up into one big picture at the end of the advent season, Christmas. I think that's the end of the advent season. That's when I end it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then during the year I throw, you know, throwbacks in or stuff I'm working on currently and all sorts of stuff. Well, throw out your Instagram right now so people can uh, immediately go there 
and sure. Stop, and stop listening to the show. <laughs> Please take a break. It's O V E R over K Y L A R T. So overkill art. And that's um, mostly on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Don't look on Twitter because it's not much to look at. But uh, yeah, you can see me on Instagram, overkill art. And the kill means Kyle. Over K Y L, correct. K Y L. All right, cool. We're, I'm not yes. advocating to kill Kyle Dodson. I'm saying. No, God, no. He's great. <laughs> Last time we talked, it was so fun just to see him. That was great to be in the same episode as him. He is in, uh, he's in Disney World right now. Oh, fun. Nice. He, he's not riding. Wait, Disney, the, uh, Disney World? Disney World. He's in Disney World. Ooh, I just yes. heard they had tornadoes down there. Oh, well, they sent me pictures. Four Myers. It was overcast, but they looked like they were having yeah. a good time. Good. Okay. Well, knock on wood, everything's good. When did you discover Deep Purple? Deep Purple, I think probably in high school. I can't. I thought tried to remember this uh, thinking back, and uh, I remember hearing Highway Star on a cassette compilation called okay. uh, "Masters of Metal." It was a three or four cassette volume where they had you know two sides, five songs each, and Highway Star was on one of those. Yeah, I think maybe Perfect Strangers was on another one. So that's when I first heard about them. And then I started once grunge hit because I started getting to like the, the hair metal bands or the eighties metal bands. Mm-hmm. Then when grunge hit, instead of going with grunge, I went backwards and started Aerosmith, Sabbath, Purple, Led Zeppelin, nice. all the good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I started picking up tape, not even tapes by then CDs of uh, all the back catalog. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. And you still, you still own physical media. Oh, God, yeah. Got all my CDs with us tonight. Look at him. He's holding them up. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> all right. It's great for a podcast. Um, I'm trying to think when I first heard Deep Purple. It had to be, you know, obviously. Back in the day. It, it had to be like Smoke on the Water and stuff. But I never, I never, um, I never owned any Deep Purple albums until the band was getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I was just like, why have I never heard these albums with Coverdale and, and Glenn Hughes. Why haven't I heard these? So <laughs> I started, <laughs> I started with those and then, okay, I, went, and then I went backward and then, wow. and then for this show, you helped fill in the gaps for me. Well, there's and, so uh, much. Yeah. I was pretty amazed at, at some of the great stuff that, uh, that I didn't know about. It's was it 50 years plus of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing about deep purple is you have just their music. But even more so, it's the family. Have you ever seen the family tree, the deep purple family tree that somebody's oh, written? I'm sure out? it's just ridiculous. It's silly. I mean, you branch off into, of course, Rainbow, White Snake, and Black Sabbath. And even from there, it just it breeds so many other bands and yep. so many other iterations of this band, even. It's Black silly. More, Blackmore Nights. <laughs> Lots of Blackmore Night, of course. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Oh. Yeah. All right, so let's go to 1968. The album is called Shades of Deep Purple. Now, what's going to happen here? <laughs> yep. Kyle's playing two songs per album. I'm going to play one song per album because I just felt if we both if we both played four, we'd be playing 88 songs. It seemed like a lot. As it is, we'll, we're going to get about 66 songs unless there's some crossovers. But I think we can beat that. Uh, the Mike Schmidt episode with the Bad Out of Hells, all that. We can beat that. Come on. You you mean time wise? Hell yeah! Five I don't hours? think I, I don't think I have the energy for it. Um, <laughs> the original lineup of Deep Purple was Rod Evans on lead vocals, 
Yep. Richie Blackmore, John Lord, Nick Simper on bass, Ian Pace on drums. Yes. The album came out. Yeah, in good. 68. Yeah. Um, this, let's be honest, these first three albums, it's a whole separate entity. It's and, a whole separate thing, these first three albums. Yeah. And they're not bad. They're just different. You it's can different. hear what some of the stuff that's to come in it, but it's not the same. They're not amazing. So, now, yeah. But they're definitely uh, of a time. They're definitely, they definitely have <laughs> that 60, yes. that 60 yes. sound is, uh, is big time in these. So, yeah. What's the first song from Shades of Deep Purple? I picked the first song off the first album and the address. And the address. Here yes. we go on Rock Solid. you're going to find out throughout all of the music we're going to play is Ian Pace is a far better drummer than I ever knew. He's tricky. Um, yes, that's definitely true. Um, when you think of the big three, you have, of course, John Bonham. And there's no denying what he was and what he did. He was a monster. Yeah. And you probably don't know Bill Ward as much from Sabbath because when you have Ozzy and Tony and even Geezer, Bill is fourth on that list. Yeah. He's great. He's great, but he's still fourth back there. Pacey. Is it Pacey? Also, is that how you say it? Pacey? Yeah, you can if you want. It's Pace, but if you call him Pacey, you know, it's a nickname. All right. Um, but he's, he's so, he's like the band. He's like the rest of the band. He's so versatile. He does everything. You want him to do fast, he got has fast. You want him to do heavy, he does heavy. You want to do instrumental, like that song there, he's right there. He's steady, he's a lefty, and he does a lot of this of the three different bands in that era. This is the most, and it's not really that much, but it's proggy. Um, they'll do mm -hmm. time change, signature time changes, they'll do different rhythms, different kind of um like a grooves and feels and he's a great drummer he's just he doesn't get the uh what you might call it he deserves your acclaim he deserves but yeah. he doesn't get the credit he doesn't get the acclaim never never and this is the man who's holding it down for over 50 years i mean he's yeah. if if i may he's rock solid he quite is <laughs> <laughs> now we are only going to hear two songs off this album because the song i would would have also picked is our next song that you picked, which is yeah. a classic like this. They still play this, don't they? Yeah. It's, I don't know how they pulled this off on this album. Even out of the three albums in the beginning, they found one that's going to somehow stick because it sounds like the sixties. That's a catchy song, of course. And it's classic and almost timeless. And they didn't write it. A guy named Joe South wrote it. <laughs> and that too. So it's almost like a cover. Yeah, you're it's doing a cover, like and that's your biggest hit for what five years at least. Yeah, you probably 
50 years it stays one of the biggest ones i know when you come up on spotify that's it's top 10 all right let's hear it then it's called hush but it's hush it's a classic it's, it's definitely that. a classic and Absolutely. you wouldn't you wouldn't know it was um rod evans singing um if you didn't know the band you would just say oh it's that same guy from deep purple singing right but it's not it's a, no it's very but it's very similar not not really but it, you wouldn't know enough to say oh okay so moving on also in 1968, this is how they did it back then. <laughs> you, you get an album in July, and then in October, you get another one. Could you imagine if that's Crazy. what fans did now? I almost wish they would. This may have taken six years to put out another one, and it's eh. You can do eh songs two in a year if you want. Yeah, or yeah. Albums, eh, albums. You don't have to take five, six years, five years, all that. I agree with you. Yeah. Back when they used to put coming. one or two out. Yeah. One or two out a year. I mean, you're gonna have turds in there anyways. Why not just do yeah. it and get some good stuff every once in a while? You could put out Money, two, you could put out two albums a year digitally, and then the mm-hmm. following year put those together and release them physically. You could even take the best of those two and make one right. great copy. That'd yeah. be better. Let the uh, like let the uh, let the fans decide what songs yeah, they downloading smart. the most and exactly. That's smart. I like that. All right, okay. so the next out. album, I don't even know if I can say the title. It's Book the, of Taliesin. The Book of Taliesin. Yeah, what that's why that? I said it. What is that? I don't remember. You <laughs> don't to, even care. <laughs> I used to know, but it's a book of, I don't think it's the Bible. Is it the Bible? Can't be that, right? I don't, I don't know. It's some hippie, druggy thing <laughs> they came up with, some psychedelic rock thing. If, if you look at the cover, that's what you think, because it yeah. is pretty spacey, man. Yep. Yep. The uh, oh yeah, we should talk about the covers as we go. The uh, Shades of Deep Definitely. Purple album was just a band photo in front of a purple background. Pretty, pretty generic. Uh, the lighting, yeah. it's not, it's not a good representation of the <clears throat> It's it's sixties. It's a cool typeface that they're using for the words, but um, it's generic sixties. Yeah. First band, it, first album from a band, put it out quick, kind of yep. stuff. They go all in on this second cover. They must have stole this from somewhere, right? Because it's just the cover is by John Vernon Lord. So is John Vernon Lord John Lord? No, it's not. It's, it's no. It, it says not to be confused with the the keyboardist John Lord. So yeah, 
Whatever they yeah. did, uh, I don't mind this cover. I think it's very much of the time. It's kind of cover neat. art's great. Yes. Yeah. It's um trying to find some information on here, but they don't really say too too much. Yeah, by John Lord Vernon Lord. Excuse me. That's fun. That's book illustration stuff. That's yeah. it's interesting. They they got the names of the band right in the front cover, which is always weird. Yeah. I mean, band members. Um, and the reissues, the first set that they had come out, I'm assuming 1990 around there. They're awful, um, at least as far as the cover art uh, reproductions. They're blurry, dark, weird, but uh, you get the idea. They're not All bad. right. Now, we, uh, we kick off your list with a cover. It's an unlikely cover that you would put Neil Diamond and Deep Purple <laughs> together. You know what? Nowadays, yes. But I bet back then, I bet that wouldn't be too crazy. That's I'm sure Neil too strange. Neil Diamond must have been more. You know, he's not the Neil Diamond you know now. Yeah, yeah he had he had. He's he got to be some, more. He was. He seemed. Uh, he, he seemed like Jewish the Elvis, right? Yeah. Right. So he okay, must have so been more. More versatile than he is now. I'm assuming. So this is Kentucky Woman. Yes. Did you pick this one too? Uh, I did not pick this. I don't think I did. Let me <laughs> check. I love the song. Such no a good matter, song. No matter who's doing it. No, but you know what? Their version, of course it rocks. You can't not say that, but it's a fun one. Yeah. It's a fun, fun cover. And you can sing along with it. And they liked it so much. They put it on a, a, a whatchamacallit, in 70, what is it? 70, use my old man looking style here. 78, they put when we rock, we rock, when we roll, we roll. Uh, compilation out. And they put that on there from i think that's the only one of these first three they put on so that's pretty wow. good that is pretty it's good. only eight of eight songs you put on that that's high praise not too shabby yeah so no i did not pick that song i actually picked the song that kicks off the album it's a it's an original number by the band written by blackmore evans lord and pace and i just picked it because it sounds so 60s to me so this is a song called Listen, yes. Learn, Read On. <laughs> Was there ever more a song that was more 60s than that? Uh, I don't know, man. That's pretty, uh, that covers <laughs> it for me. <laughs> we get the keyboard, the guitar parts, the drums, the yep. crazy echo in his voice. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is some uh, psychedelic stuff. That's pretty funny. 
Now your next one, you picked another cover and there's, there's quite a few on here. There's even a, yeah. a snippet of a Beatles song on this album. You picked yeah. river deep mountain high, which yeah, is, uh, what is that? Best known from Ike and Tina, Tina Turner. Yeah. But written by Jeff Barry, Ellie Greenwich and Phil Spector. Well, then it's hard to, again, hard to pass up on something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, when you see that, the songs that the band chose as covers. It almost um, makes me. It's interesting. Like, yeah. I guess Derek Lawrence produced these first three. Yeah. And maybe it was his up to him too, since he was the producer. They're a young band. Although if you have Richie Blackmore in your band, I'm guessing you're not making a lot of decisions if you're somebody else. Right. But um, maybe, it, maybe it's his influence on that too. But yeah, this one, just another burner, especially right. on uh, Rod Evans' vocals. Here we go. It is so different from what Deep Purple eventually sounds like. It's weird because you heard the first album, Hush, and, um, you know, just even just Hush. And then you go from that sound to this sound. It's like they're going backwards. Yeah. Because Hush is not all this 60s tinged stuff. No. It's the same year. That's the best part. It's <laughs> six months later, their whole style changes. No. But um, apparently it did for some songs. and. I guess for this album. Yeah. Weird album again, but I think of the three, this might be my favorite of the first three of the first three. Yeah. Now, the next album is they do something. Uh, they call it, me. they call it deep purple. Okay. I understand. It's the beginning of, you know, heavy hard rock and of kind of rock and roll as we know it, you know, album orientated rock don't put your self-titled album in the middle of your catalog no stop that if you do it put it at the end if you had to or the very beginning which they didn't but no, this is just lazy album. crap this is lazy this because is when uh, when you're yeah. a new when you're someone who just discovered the band you might find this and go oh this must be their first album i still do it because i don't pay attention to these three that much i'm like uh oh, which one's first is it shades or is it just the self-titled and of course, I looked at the self-titled, and I'm like, "No, okay, forget it. It's it's weird." And this is not a good album. This is a terrible album. I the, the album covers all. It's the, the band. The yeah. band name is really tiny on the front, and it's yeah. Again, that it's got it's <laughs> it's got that '60s. The typeface is very '60s. The design is '60s. They have a nice logo at the top. And then in Helvetica, down in the corner, deep purple, like somebody typed it out as a placeholder yeah. and stacked it on the bottom. I think it's Hieronymus, Hieronymus Bosch, uh, a piece of his triptych there, his hell triptych, whatever it's called. I forget, but, but it's another ripoff of somebody else's work and just reappropriating it for the album cover. Yeah, not but, great. No, it's a turd. All right. Your first song is also the song I picked. So we'll only hear two off of the self-titled 1969 album deep purple 
This first yeah. one is the painter. Here we go. <laughs> Like the song uh you know what they <laughs> you went... picked it kyle you picked it you i had to pick to like one it. off this album no i had to pick one off this one and i don't like this album it's really yeah the one good thing about that song though and you can hear it they've gone back to the rock and roll sound not the 60s um you know that kind of psychedelic sound and here you can really hear richie starting to ramp up yeah and getting into it and that's that's a good thing because richie blackwood yeah, I'll start <laughs> my usual uh, repeating of things. There's two people in this band that really drive the band. Everybody is a monster. Everybody is a really a pro at top level of the instrument. But it's Richie Blackmore and John Lord for Deep Purple. And that's Richie, so hard. That is difficult to say too, because like you said, <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. is solid, especially when we get to this next album. The yeah, this next album. Well. Next album being in rock. All right. We're going to move into our second song from the yes. third album, which is self-titled. Unfortunately, this yeah. song, this song is called why didn't Rosemary. Yeah. Interesting title. Yeah. like it i like the jamming yeah that's you you take out the um take out the vocals and that's not a bad track <laughs> well they we're gonna about, take yeah they wrote it about rosemary's baby moving wow yeah and then you just heard right there why didn't she take the pill it's yeah like, oh okay interesting <laughs> yeah well now that now that see now that you tell me and give me context now yeah now the lyrics take on a whole different thing yeah it's kind of weird it's a weird uh <laughs> I mean, people do that nowadays, but you don't think of it back then. No. About trivial things like that. 
Okay, we're moving into the classic lineup of Deep Purple. Good stuff. We have two changes. We get a new lead vocalist. His name is Ian Gillen. Yes. He doesn't stay there the entire career, but he is in the band currently and has He's been. He's the one you think years. of. Yeah. Yeah. We also get Roger Glover on bass and yes. a, a very key member because he writes songs, he produces, and he's a great Another, bass player. Yes, underrated uh, asset to the band. I mean, mm-hmm. you never think of Deep Purple for their bass, especially the Nicky Simper stuff. Not that he's bad, but you just don't think of it for that. Right. Um, and Glover, he puts out good stuff with his bass. You can hear it, but you don't think of him as, you know, and that's good. You think of any band that you don't, somebody doesn't stand out, but the songs are still great. That means they're doing their job. They're right. not screwing it up. They're not, uh, you know, leaving stuff out. And he does produce, he's produced at some of their albums, other people's albums. Yep. He's amazing. He's good. He's good. Yes. Uh, this album cover, I do like it. It's great. It's, it's great for 1970. I mean, that's great. It's, it's Mount Rushmore with five heads. That, yep. All the band members there. Kind of crazy uh, on the bottom, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's you know, D- Deep Purple in Rock released oh, uh, June 1970. Yes. Kind of a clunky title, but um, yep, but a fun concept for the cover, and it's done well too. Smart, I like that. Yeah, I think so too. I, it kind of rebrands everything, yes, definitely. Um, once you're done with the 60 stuff and stealing other people's work for you, not stealing, but using other people's work for your cover. Kind of to put Mount Rushmore on your first next wave of uh, music. Yeah, to put that up in there, that's pretty pretty ballsy. But it turned out to be true. And we got all original songs, seven tracks, and yep. they're all written by committee. They're all written by every member of the band has a songwriting credit on these. I think that's the way they do it from now on. That's well, that's good. All for it one, keeps, one for all. Yeah, yeah. and then every, there's no, there shouldn't be as much infighting. Shouldn't be, but right. There will yeah. be in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All I'm right. sure there's stuff going on now too. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Who's your uh or not who's your, but what is your first song off of In Rock? The first one would be the classic Speed King. Here we go. many of these songs i just my takeaway is always the drums the yes. drums yeah he's got that keith moon energy yeah <laughs> and not all the time but on these showcase pieces definitely yeah i mean he just really goes for it and he does it well so yeah it's a good standout if uh if any of the listeners are on twitter and they they follow the rock solid twitter we are currently in our, I don't know, third, starting the third week of hashtag rock solid album a day, 2022. I'm doing a year of discographies. So 
I started January 1st with the first Sticks album. So I did 17 days in a row of Sticks because they have 17 studio albums. And it's, uh, it's funny because like, I would like to do Deep Purple later in the year and really get into these. <laughs> month. But then I'm like, that's 22 days. <laughs> you know, and that's just yeah, just studio. And like when yeah. you think about the Who, the Who, what they have like what, eleven eight? studio albums. Yeah, like that. not many. <laughs> but yeah, when uh, when you yeah. tackle one of these, you know, big discographies, look out. It's just all month. Yep, all month, pretty crazy. much. All right, my first song that I chose, or my one and only song from Deep Purple and Rock, I picked the song "Flight of the Rat." Oh, that's a good one because in in ways it, it's it's a story song but it mm-hmm. reminded me of uh it reminded me of thin lizzy i don't know why it did I, I don't know if it sounds like thin lizzy but just like whenever someone writes a story song and they have colorful character names in the story and <laughs> and uh yes. that just hit me so just fill line up yep flight of the rat CD again is that that's autograph but is that no that it's fake autographs it is fake autographs deep purple is the anniversary edition uh deep purple is amazing at their uh remasters and reissues they went through all the first half of their catalog and i think roger glover remixed everything nice which you know either way if you want it or not you don't have to have it but although when we come to another one later on it's definitely much better um and he gives you two CDs worth of stuff, you know, the originals, which is nice. So you have yeah. that. And then, or at least, you know, one CD with all of it on this one. And then with all the remasters or the, they give you a jam. That's amazing. Every CD that has a jam on it is always good. And another thing I was going to say is they have the singles. They used to be a band that were released singles that weren't on an album or, you know, a compilation before. So Black Knight, the song Black Knight. That's not on any album, but it's on this as a bonus. Cool. I like that yeah. stuff too. I like when they do stuff like that. It's smart because you're not going to find it anywhere else. Yeah. And if you, if you want people to rebuy the catalog, oh, you got to give them something. Yes. And I'm sure it has to do with managers and record companies and money, but sure, yeah, it's just so smart to do it this way and to give the people what they want, give them a better version if they want it, and then give them the extras. Yeah. How do you argue? Yeah. You can't. You can't argue with that. And, and that play the rap because song. And, and we can't argue with your next song, which is Bloodsucker. Here we go. I got it. Try to go 
so so <laughs> killer. That was killer. It is. It's a great riff. I mean, so such good writing. All their stuff. I don't know how, and they don't write like a lot of this. Well, some of it they do nowadays, but for some reason, that time period in their band, they just had these killer riffs and amazing playing to back it up. And great stuff, great songwriting too. I mean, it's not like it's a, you know, it's not that 60s stuff anymore. It's great, quick, smart, heavy songwriting. I wonder and that how many song, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I wonder how many people that listen to this episode are going to start getting into Deep Purple. Like people that were like, <laughs> oh, I kind of dismissed Deep Purple or, oh, I know the five songs I can hear on classic rock radio, but I didn't know Bloodsucker and I didn't know Speed King. I mean, there's something for everyone. That's the good thing. If you like the heavy, hard stuff, that's what we got here. If you like quiet, more laid back stuff, that's coming up too. Yeah. There'll like, be something for everybody. I didn't know anyone in high school to listen to Deep <laughs> yes. Purple. Like my yes. friends didn't listen to it. I mean, I don't know who was listening to it, but like people well, when you, I personally, yeah. I'm sure people were, but people that I knew weren't like, no one ever said, Hey, you need to listen to this. It just well back then it was in that you were in the window of the blackout too when there's no deep purple of that 76 to 84. True, true. But even when I was in high school later on, they're still around and making music, but nobody liked them. Nobody, yeah, no, it was never anybody's favorite band. No, I mean you saw, yeah, you saw Zeppelin t-shirts and you saw Black Sabbath t-shirts in high school. Yep. Uh, but no, no deep purple, nothing, nothing happening. <laughs> They're one of those bands also that doesn't have a set logo. They're Rush. Um, or, or They just don't have that classic logo you'll see on a jacket. It's important. Wall. Yeah. And they have a couple that, you know, as the years go by, they'll use and like, oh, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. that one that came back. But it's never like a, you know, a branded like, oh, that's it. I mean, think, of, had, the br- think of the yeah. branded bands. Think uh, Kiss, Iron Maiden, Judas yep. Priest cheap trick i mean you know the logo you know what's coming up you, you know, know. That band. you know yeah. it's yeah. important i don't know why it, that wasn't thought, i mean even the ufo logo i think didn't happen till like the third or fourth album but then once they got it they were like okay this they're is smart it. yes this is that's it a, that's an amazing logo yes i uh i would have even said when they reissued their uh remasters I would have even incorporated that logo onto the original covers. What the hell? <laughs> Why not? No, there's nothing worse than a band that won't put out like the full or the original art. Well, if you're that's... redoing the remasters, like Ozzy did that crap. <laughs> when he did his remasters, he put a velvety background, a tiny little square in the middle of yeah. Bark the Moon. It's like, well, what the come on. Ozzy also re-recorded the bass and drums that's, on his first two albums. That was that's insane. It doesn't sound the same. No. Trujillo and Borden are good players, and that does not sound yeah, the same. Thankfully, they rectified it then with when they got us to pay for it yet again. <laughs> I have those two. <laughs> uh, let me tell yes. you this. Uh, yeah. Deep Purple in Rock is their first album to go gold in the USA. So they got gold That's records impressive. for yeah. this album. Yeah. And the next album, Fireball, also went gold. So what do you got for us from Fireball? Fireball, another great cover. Um, 70s cover. You got the cool logo and the cool image of the band. It's great. Kind of naked. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great, though. They're like 
they're in the fireball. They're like, look, you might they say, are the fireball. Look, if a band released that, like this looks like the darkness could release this cover right now. <laughs> yes. And you'd be it's like, not an okay. amazing cover, but it, it's yeah. definitely yeah. of the time. Yeah. It's of the time. It's, and it's uh, right now it might be a little cheesy, but if you, if you go back to 71, you're like, that's fucking cool, man. Yes. If you're looking like for it. that. Yes, definitely. And it's a, it's another one of those albums that's kind of under the radar. Yep. It doesn't have a ton of huge hits on it, but everything on it is amazing. And uh, for the first one, I had to go with this title track, Fireball. Here we go. Crank up the AIC. And I forget to fade it down. <laughs> that one's oh, so good, isn't it? And that's yes. the one that Roger Glover, his bass, really, he works it and pushes that song. The drums, of course, you know, yep. they're going to do what they're going to do. But that bass really pushes that song along. That's hard oh. to, hard not to get caught up in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> My track from the fifth album called Fireball with the Mach 2 lineup, the classic yes. lineup. <laughs> I picked the song called The Mule, and my only note was drums with three exclamation points. Yep. Yeah, so here we definitely. go. whole song i think he does that beat the whole song yeah but i love it for most no it's great it's original it's fun moving on to kyle's second track from fireball yes this is a weird one um it's weird for them too and you can really hear ian gillen's humor in this one i think with his uh his lyric writing i'm not a big lyric guy but when it's funny then I like that. That's pretty funny. Now I um, didn't look up the lyrics to this because I was nervous because I saw the song title "Anyone's Daughter." It, and- well, yeah, it's it's a little. <laughs> it's from a guy's point of view who is dating somebody else's daughter. So, um, and he talks about a couple different fathers, I guess, who have professions that he names off, like a jailer, um, a judge, I think a farmer, and how he yeah it's not 
I don't think it's like a Me Too kind of song, but okay. it's it's more from that. It's from the guy's point of view. In this. So but, uh, a profession that you would write about in 1971 is a jailer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it fits in perfect. That's the thing. It's not, yeah. it almost sounds like a joke, you know, like went to the farmer's daughter and uh, the farmer came out and, you know, it's it sounds like that, but it's not. It's um, It's woven into the song very well. And the best part is the beginning of the song. Um, it starts off very quiet and it starts off very, it's a, I've always seen it as a good, um, road trip song, just right. mostly in the beginning with the slide guitar and the intro. Well, you gave me so, the start, you gave me the start point of 35 seconds in. Yeah. Cause well, it, you know, it takes a little time yeah. to get in there, but that's when the good stuff starts. All right. Let's hear it. Anyone's daughter. country feel it does drive down the highway yep looking off in the distance bedroom window throwing up a brick no one came i threw one more that really did the trick your daddy came and banged my head he said what kind of man is this that's hanging around my girl <laughs> threw me in the can you're a farmer's daughter you're a farmer's daughter why do i always get the kind of girl i didn't ought to get i won't get no more and water Now I've laid the farmer's daughter Lord It sounds so like good. we just walked into the Honky Tonk and Deep Purple happened to be there That's Honky Tonk Women from Purple Yeah it's, And Lord If you want to start talking about Lord we'll be here forever John Lord he can write the symphony. He can play the organ like a 60s guy. He can play the piano. He can play the honky tonk. I mean, his big thing in purple was he didn't play it like an organ you've heard before mostly. Mm -hmm. He plays it like a guitar. He plays that that B Hammond organ. And he'll, you know, the way just the staccato riffs he plays out on it. And he doesn't play it like atmosphere music. He plays it more like a guitar where there's a riff to it or a chunk. That uh, that playing the Hammond organ is a lost art in rock and roll today. Oh, you don't hear that anymore. You don't nothing, hear it at all. Like, and you don't hear it like this. Even if you have a guy playing organ, then we'll get to more. Don Airy is a different kind of player. You don't have this kind of playing anymore because this is the kind of band that uses that as an or instrument, like a guitar. So yeah. instead of having two guitars in the band and he plays off Richie, like coming up, you'll hear that too. Um, it just it melds so perfect with what they do. All right, we're moving on to 1972. This is their first monster album. This is Two, the monster album. This is the monster album. Two million yeah. sold. That's it. Uh, huh. That's what it well, that's that's my stats. I'm sure it could be more. That'll take your but word it's for it. A, sure. Their first platinum, multi-platinum album. Uh the cover is like kind of creepy. Yeah. It's um, you know what? If you look at the back cover, it's even better. It's um, that front cover he got 
it's um i want to say tinfoil but i'm sure it's not okay it's but it's some kind of like metal um die cast punch where you have the logo and the machine head underneath it like they actually put it on top of a raised uh like a type machine and on the back it's the the back of that frame cover oh yeah so it's neat all, it's all backwards type yeah and it's very shiny kind of metallic whatever material it was and very, a cut guitar too yeah that's cool that's cool very cool so this is the this might be the only album that i did pick two songs because you didn't pick the two monster songs that we've heard no. many times but i, I did was a play out oh, okay i did pick, yeah i'm gonna i want to hear them in context with the uh with the album Smart. that we're in so okay. machine head what's your first one my first one is maybe i'm a leo are you a leo i'm not I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Maybe I'm your birthday. March 17th. Oh, February 22nd. You hey, are. High five. And, and your birthday is on my feast day, St. Patrick's Day. That's true. Yes. All right. We're not Leos. Maybe no. you are. Maybe I'm a Leo. <laughs> Machine head. so thick my lord yeah. oh. and these these uh this album and i think the previous one too produced by the band but we have uh martin yes. martin birch engineering so. yeah martin birch mega producer really yeah and he didn't come on he he's mostly later on but deep purple have pretty much produced themselves up to a point and after those first three they really they know what they're doing and richie is so Richie. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the band, really, I mean, they know what they want and they're going to get what they want, especially and with this album. Look, some bands can't produce themselves and some bands no. can. <laughs> you, and, uh, you know what? Yeah. And even after a while, like even with Purple, they, they said, you know what? We're going to let somebody else do it. And that's fine because right. you get different stuff out of it and you can only come up with so many things after 50 years. Well, I'm glad, though, that they took the production reins for these early albums that were the big sellers. Cause that meant they get to keep a lot of money in the family. Yeah. Yeah. And they know what they wanted to do, what they wanted yep. to say, what they wanted to play. It was smart. Very smart. All right. Here's a classic. It's highway star. Yeah.
almost feel that this is especially like an Ian Gillen signature song. Like I bet if Ian Gillen even does solo shows, he plays Highway Star. Yeah, we saw him in 2017. My daughter and I, it's her first concert, actually. Um, they were great. I mean, Christ, they're in their 70s, these guys. Yeah. And you wouldn't know it. I mean, he doesn't hit the higher notes anymore, but he's still, he's having a good time. He's up there moving around and, and putting the effort in and it shows they really were good. Yeah. Not many people hit the high notes anymore, but. No, but you don't need to. No. Especially. Um, where did we go on that one? Uh, when a blind man cries, that oh, no, no, not that one. What's the other song there? It's, I think it's on, oh, yeah, it's on in rock. It's the one I don't like. Uh, Child in Time. Okay, he doesn't do that one, he doesn't do that one anymore because really it's just a lot of yelling, <laughs> so, ah! right. and that's fine, but you don't need it. I mean, he's got enough catalog to back it up and to put other stuff in there that people are going to know and love. And that's really just a song fully yelling, kind of. Yeah. So, but When a Blind Man Cries is another uh, single from this era that's not on an album that deserves a shout out, too. So, all right. Yeah, I don't, ha- I don't have it queued up, but I do have space trucking. Here we go. Oh, good. Good stuff. Undeniable. Again, thick. It's just every chord, every riff in this album is just heavy and hitching the gut. It's just very, again, eight tracks. This is a perfect album. There's not a yeah. bad song on here. And even the ones you don't know, Pictures of Home, um, Never Before. They're great songs. Definitely worth getting. So you're going to get one from Purple. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now, this one you do know. Yes. Everyone knows it. Here it is. Smoke on the water. (laughs) 
all you need to hear. <laughs> the riff that every kid plays that. when they pick up their guitar oh. for the first time. <laughs> yes, when, when I was attempts to play. Exactly. When I was younger and I didn't play guitar, but my cousin had one. And he taught me two songs that I'm sure everybody heard. Smoke on the Water and Iron Man from uh, Sabbath. There you go. And it's so simple, but so good. And it's funny, you hear it in your head. And then you hear the song and you always hear it in your head a chord. Like a different, it's never that same way it comes out that right. goes to your ear. It's like, oh, oh, that's a little lower than I thought. Okay. You yep. always sing it in your head a little different. But yeah. Let me I ask must. you this. When you went to see Deep Purple, did your daughter yes. enjoy that show? My daughter was 10. It was her first concert ever. Now, um, why did you was... choose? Why did you choose that? She didn't pick this, Kyle. You no. did. Well, uh, kind of, kind of. Um, the opener. No, I'm sorry. The Yeah, the opener was Alice Cooper. And I play my music around the car and the house. Mm-hmm. And by that point, she knows, you know, she knew some Alice Cooper stuff. Okay. And I said, I told her that they're coming around. You know what? Let's get some tickets. 20 bucks a piece. It was an amphitheater, so it was a little. This is in September, so it was a little chilly outside. And I said, "Why don't we go see this? We'll make an adventure." And she's like, "Yeah, she's ten. She didn't know any better." All right, that's cool. It was great, and we got to sit way far back in the amphitheater, and it was freezing cold outside because it's New England in September at night, and we had a great time. And Alice Cooper was the better band that night. They, yeah, how did how did Deep Purple follow Alice Cooper? I don't know because they they put on a show. And it's amazing. Actually, and they, they were the middle. Um, who was it? One of the winter guys. Uh, not Johnny. Who's Johnny's brother? Edgar? Edgar. He opened. He opened. So Frank Edgar, Steiner. Edgar, Alice, then Deep Purple. Yes. And I think it was one of those tours that they might have switched on and off. Okay. We got the Deep Purple closing night. And it got to a point where it was, we were watching and it was amazing. And maybe we were two songs from the end. And she's like, Dad, I'm getting cold. Can we go home? I'm like, yes, we can go home. So as we're walking out, we start hearing smoke on the water from the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But it's, you know, you know the song. You're not going to miss it that Yeah, much. you're not going to miss it. No, we saw the good stuff. Cool. Yeah. All right. Moving on to who do we think we are? Yeah. It's almost like they got a big head at this point. This is the down, not the downfall, but I think we're starting to go downwards at this point of course machine head being the, the p in a pinnacle yeah it still goes gold though yeah no it's a good album it's just not as good as machine head and everyone's Although, in, everyone's intact still it's still uh the two e's yeah. richie john lord roger glover martin birch is engineering and deep purple is producing yeah and we should point out that before this one comes out they released uh made in japan their live right. album live album double live album what seven songs i think you know because this is one of those bands that they play everything way too long in concert sometimes not when we saw it, but back then you know seven eight nine minute long versions of these songs yeah and some of them are like that too if you have lazy and smoke in the water um and that is really when i think martin birch came big up you know big on their uh on their radar he came and engineered that as well out in japan and then really helped them put it together and that's when he started coming into the picture as a, a force. Yeah. But this cover for who do we think we are? Again, not great. We're going back to the 60s. No. It's bubbles and 
their faces are in the bubbles, but not clear enough to know that that's what it is on a first look. And it's just, yeah, no, no logo, just <laughs> print <laughs> typewriter, typewriter print at yeah. the top. Not good. It's just no, but the music's good. Good music. And, good music. Uh, starting with what? The one I picked was Smooth Dancer. Again, not the hits, but good All songs right. off this album. Here we go, Smooth Dancer. good tune that i was not familiar yeah. with yeah i'm these choices i'm picking these are my favorites not the ones i think that are the best ones on the album right but sometimes they coincide with that yeah yeah for sure and i picked uh the most popular song from the album because i do love this song and it is yes. woman from tokyo nice Production is on point. It, you know what? You listen back to in rock, and it was almost a, mm, a carryover from the '60s. Yeah, where you can hear that kind of influence production, and it just gets so clean and so nice. Not nice, nice. Crisp. I want to say he crisp and heavy, and you feel it in your gut. It's yeah. not that thin, thin production or that weird reverb production you get sometimes on some of these '70s albums. Yep. Now, very good. All right. And next up, you've got another rat song, because that's all they sing about back then. <laughs> rat Bat Blue. Rat Bat Blues. Here we go. Shut the door I make 
That could be a misheard lyric. You could think he's saying a rock my blues. That could be anything with them. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. No, but it's uh, such a good groove in that one too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Again, the production just really lets it shine through and fun. Makes it a little dancey. All right. We're moving on with lineup changes. Yeah. We're not the only ones moving on. No, we are moving on to album number eight. This is, what do they call this? Mach three? Mark three. Yeah. Mark three. Yeah, they're the ones that did the marks. Um, I don't even know what mark we're in now. It's got to be up almost near 10 by this point. Right. But yeah, this is Mark Three now. Mark Three. Um, this is their first of two albums in 1974. Deep yeah. Purple producing. Martin Birch engineering. Richie Blackmore stays. John Lord stays. Ian Pace stays. Then yep. we had two, two guys that sing vocals. <laughs> well, Did I think Pace, yeah. Gillen and Glover. I don't know how it works exactly. I know Gillen and Richie don't get along. So uh, Gillen took off. Glover okay. went with them. Although right. they didn't they didn't stick together. They didn't make a band of their own. They went off and did their own things. Glover went off to produce Priest, did their Sin After Sin album in 74. He did Nazareth. Um, yeah. I think it was Rampant. And Gillen, I think he started doing his own band. If not now, then coming up. Yeah. But. It's unfortunate they couldn't get along for more than what they did because really they're at the height of their powers at that point. I do not. And we get uh, we get David Coverdale on vocals and we get Glenn Hughes <laughs> on bass yeah. and vocals. It, yeah, and this is when they're young. This is not you know with the Coverdale you know or you remember right. from White Snake. And it's not Glenn Hughes. I don't know how he does it. He shouldn't be alive still based no. on the stories you hear. <laughs> but and he's so much. I want to say better now than these days than he is back then. He seems so invigorated. He that new yeah. Dead Daisies album is fantastic, and his his singing is always top notch. Yeah, even no matter what decade you get, and of course his bass is good and his songwriting is good. I know but it's back, a, it's kind yeah. of a marvel. Yeah, and this is kind of where they started, and it it kind of sounds like it a little bit. I mean, you still got Richie and John Lord pushing the band and they're still putting through the songwriting on their end. But now you're getting these two new guys coming in and you can hear the difference, I think. And it sounds, like, you're, it sounds like you don't like the album Burn. Not as a, not as a total. I do. I love the, uh, the Burn cover. Yes, it's great. That's the Burn logo, just the Burn logo, not the Deep Purple Helvetica again. I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah, just Helvetica. But, the title title album is so cool. And even the candles are cool when they got all of them burning. The back of the cover is a little goofy with it all blown out and melting. Yeah, they're all melting down. Weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's an it's an uneven album. It's not it's you can't listen through fully and say, Oh, okay. You're like, oh, okay. That's a little different. They did that. And it's very what comes to be white snaky, I think. All right. Bluesy white snaky. Oh, yeah, not in 1987. No, the 70s stuff. All right. So we're going to hear your first track, which is. It's everybody's first track. It's Burn. (laughs) It is everybody's first track. And it's the best.
are there live recordings with Coverdale singing those classic Deep Purple songs? Yes. Yeah. Um, and how I know does he that. do? How does he do on Smoke on the Water and Highway Star and those tracks? I think they should. The one I have is the King Biscuit one from the 90s. Um, I want to say 90, it came out in 93, but that might not be right. Um, I think they share it still. The same way they share in this song, because both Coverdale and Hughes do the vocals. Yeah. I think they do it in other songs too that don't have shared vocals. Not okay. Because you couldn't. Um, and they're fine. They're, you know, they're good singers. It's not like they're bad. No. But it's just, it's not what you're used to. So it's, you know, not as good. It's a different, it's kind of a different band, Mark Three. Much different. And that song to me is the saving grace of this album. I think I think if you don't have that song, you don't get Stormbringer or anything else after that. It is a classic tune. It's one of their classics. Yeah. And the drums. If you want to say one song that's drums with Pacey, that's the song. Because he's just all over the place in that one. Now, my one Didn't and only play. my one and only from Burn, I picked a song called lay down stay down and i just wrote okay. i wrote the word vocals and i wrote the word jam so let me see <laughs> okay. if i let me see if i'm correct lay you down, are stay down yes There's two lead vocalists in the van. They must really get along well because I don't know how you navigate who's going to sing what part, who's going to start it off, who's going to yeah. take the high part, the low part, the chorus. I think they did get along because they were the new guys. And I think they were the ones that stuck together in the band while Richie was Richie. Um, Pacey and Lord stuck together because they <laughs> eventually they uh, married sisters. So they were brother-in-laws. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So they were, they were together, I think, throughout their whole career pretty much. And then um, Coverdale and Hughes, they stuck together a lot in these. because They're still friends. They, yeah. And that's nice to see because this band doesn't keep friends a lot of times. Yeah. Depending on who you are. But they were young, too. That was the other thing. This is Coverdale's first band, I think. If, yeah. You know, first big band. Yeah. And he was very young when he got in it. I think Hughes was, too, if not the same age, almost. So oh, yeah. um, a couple years ago, Whitesnake released an album called The Purple Album. Yes. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> but in my opinion, it's just, it's just OK. Yeah. I mean, but when yeah. I saw them on that tour, because uh, we live in L.A., uh, yeah. Glenn jumped on stage and I think they said that's cool. I think they sang burn together. That's awesome. I think that was the one they sang together. If there's one, you're going to want to have them together on. That's the one. Yeah. And, um, 
Man, they both have hair. They're all their hair. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Cody has had problems with his voice throughout the years, but yeah, uh, he still sounds great. I mean, yeah. it's a classic voice at this point. Yep. But uh, yeah. The What'd third song that we're playing from the album and your second choice. Oh, is- yeah. Uh, Sail Away. It's It's got a good groove to it. All right. That's what I'll say. It's You're not, not a on favorite. board with this. You are not on board with this. Well, look at the album. no, because look at the rest of it. After burn, you got might just take your life. It's got a fun chorus. Uh, lay down, stay down, which is fun to say just in life when you're talking to people. <laughs> Sail away's got a very fun, funky, and especially with the uh, space keyboard when you get that John Lord that stuff. And then after that, you fool no one. What's going on here? I don't even know what that song is. Hardly. <laughs> And we'll talk about another one after this, but yeah, this is Sail Away. Also on this album, I want to mention that Reinhold Mack was the assistant engineer. And of course, Mack went on to record uh, and produce Queen, the game, and some of their buildings in the 80s. Reinhold Mack. Okay, this is Sail Away, a song Kyle is not real thrilled with. (laughs) No. (laughs) Here it comes. It's creeping up on us. Also, I gave Very misinformation. Funky. I gave misinformation. Reinhold oh. Mack uh, is the assistant engineer on the next album, Stormbringer. You can hear that definitely, yeah. And that's where no. uh, that's when Martin Birch moves into the producer chair and co-produces with the band. Yeah, he needed Stormbringer. To, yeah, this. I mean, Burn. Like I said, it's not a great album. Full the whole album, but you can hear the funkiness taking over a little bit more. Yeah. And I think a lot of that they said is due to Coverdale and Hughes. Just right. that's what the direction they wanted to go into. And the song we didn't pick, and on the other big song off this album, I think, is Mistreated. Yeah. Um, that's one that, one I don't even think of this as the good version. The one I think of is the Rainbow version with Ronnie James Dio singing on their um, Rainbow, what is it? Rainbow on stage, I think it is. Their right. live album after uh, Long Live Rock and Roll. He's just such a more, it's a more powerful voice that really gives the song what it needs. And Coverdale, again, a good singer, but he, yeah, he wrote the song, but it's just not as, it doesn't have that oomph to it. 
Yeah, I get yeah. it. And All right. And then you get the A200 on the end. That's just garbage. That doesn't need to be there. <laughs> Second album <sighs> of 1974 with Mark III is Stormbringer. Yes. Uh, the lineup is still intact. Yep. For Mark three. And, uh, now see this, um, the font that they use on this album for the band name, I consider yes. that their logo. That's the one I think they, um, if there's going to be one, I would say that's it. You know what? I don't think they use it as much. Like they don't drop back to this one, but anybody who's doing advertisements or, um, uh, promotion, they stuff use for pretty purple. This is what they use. Yeah. Which is weird because it's a it's a decent it's a decent logo. Yeah. And the cover is again another they've gone back to taking art from somebody else. I don't remember what it's from or where it's called. It's on here somewhere, but um it's a good ad, it's a good picture with the, the rainbow and the Pegasus's wings and all that and the yeah, storm going the, down. The same photograph was used on Miles Davis's album Bitches Brew. That's weird because if somebody else and that's did that come out before this? Um, I assume. Yes, yes. And it also says the same photos used on Susie and the Banshees album Tinderbox in 86. Hey, everybody who's making these record covers, there's a tons of pictures out there. You don't have to yeah. keep on taking the same one. It's a cool picture, but yeah. you don't have to use somebody else's already that they use for an album. Yeah. It's very odd. And again, step up your game, guys. Yeah. But it looks nice for this one. I'm, you know, for Miles Davis is not in the rock arena. So you might not have seen that already. Right. So. But we're getting funkier still. All right. Uh, what do you got for me from Stormbringer? The two songs off this album I like are the a little faster, a little more straight ahead rock and roll. And this first one is Lady Double Dealer. Get out of my way. good one yeah you got richie on there playing the slide and uh doing the best he can with a band he's really coming to hate <laughs> <laughs> or at least musically wise i don't know about the guys in the band but uh yeah it's not his favorite thing anymore the funk well he should have spoken up <laughs> well he does <laughs> and he knows he's the you know the bread and butter of this band at this point so yeah if he doesn't want to do something, he's not going to do it. And then he'll show that in the next album. I'm going to go with the title track because I love it. Very nice. Except for yeah. the uh, space, more space keyboard on this one. Yeah. It's Stormbringer. Stormbringer dance on the thunder again. Dark cloud gathering. 
I looked up the white snake, white snake set list from when I saw them on the okay. purple tour, and I was yes. incorrect with what song. Oh, Glenn joined. Glenn joined on two songs. He came out for "You Keep on You Keep on Moving." What I know, and then uh, that was they played that song number six of the set, and then yeah. Glenn came back out towards the end of the show. And they did lay down, stay down. And I do not remember that. At wow. All. That is deep. <laughs> Especially that keep on moving. I know. Where? Here's the, here's the full set list. Yeah. Burn. Open okay, the show. Good. Smart. Slide it in. Wow, Love ain't okay. no stranger. Good. Uh, then a deep purple song, the gypsy. This is off this album. Stormbringer. That's yeah. not. No. no. And nope. then give me all your love, which is a white snake okay. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Glenn came out for you keep on moving. That's some fan service right there. Yes. Yeah. Then they did a <laughs> then they did a, a really a more recent song called Forevermore. Yeah, I remember that album. Yeah. And then uh Mistreated. Okay. okay. Uh You Fool No One, Deep Purple Cover. That's another one off of Burn, yeah. Uh, is this love, which is a uh, white snake uh, mid tempo yeah. uh, ballad? Yeah. And lay down, stay down, and they close it out with "Here I Go Again" and "Still of the Night." Wow. Okay, that is eclectic. I guess some of it. Yeah, I remember not thinking it was a great set list at the time. Yeah, and even for the the deep track to pull, they're not even good deep tracks. I, I mean, remember telling. Kyle went with me and I remember my yeah. nephew, Kyle, and I yes. remember telling him how great the show was going to be. And then it really, it kind of wasn't. No. Huh. So that was disappointing. Who was playing guitar for that one? Um, was it Joel Hoekstra or yes. Aldrich? Yeah. Okay. No, it, it was not Aldrich. It was Hoekstra. Okay. I like so Aldrich, but I like Aldrich better myself. He, he rocks a little more, I think. Yeah. Huh. Um, Interesting. All right. Wow. Huh? You got one more song <laughs> off Stormbringer. Yes. Uh, again, it almost not the same song as Lady Double Dealer, but it's one that kind of more straight ahead rock uh, highball shooter. Let's do it. would like to note that both albums uh, burn and Stormbringer, they also go gold which is amazing it is amazing what's on them it I is mean, amazing the name alone got them gold <laughs> albums yes for the for coverdale and glenn hughes to be at the rock and roll hall of fame and yeah on these albums and we won't count the next one but even just these two that's that's something else I guess they um I guess they kept the band going for that period and those albums went gold, so that was enough for them to be inducted. I guess. At least they showed seemed... up. Richie didn't even show up. Richie's yeah. Richie's so Richie. 
<laughs> and I'll it's tell you what, Coverdale and and Hughes were so happy to be there. So appreciative. they should be. They should be. Yeah, especially Hughes. I mean that. Why you can't put Don Arian for what he's done versus putting these two guys in for what they've done? I would say the area's done just as much in the stuff he's had. And it's not as popular. It's not as, you know, a standout as a singer, but he's done just as much as Coverdale and Hughes have done to get in. Yeah. I just think, I think the singer always gets. Yeah. So much, gets so much. Rod, Rod Evans crying aloud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. All right. This next album, uh, I hate, the ti- I hate the title. Oh, just the title? Because everything about this album. Well, I hate the cover. <laughs> it's like a wine glass. It's a wine glass with all their faces in it. I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. Come taste the band. It's like and they said they want. Yeah, let's I mean, do everything seventies and one album. Oh so you got the cover is seventies. The title is seventies. The group is looking seventy. This is what 76? 75, October seventy five. Okay. And I mean, the titles, the sound, everything about this is just epitome of 70s rock. Yeah. And it's not great. Cover, uh, not Coverdale. Uh, Blackmore is gone. Tommy Boland. Yeah. Enters on lead guitar. Or as uh, Coverdale would say, Tommy Boland with his weird <laughs> Tommy Boland. Yeah. Um, Richie got fed up. He'd had enough of the funk and he ran off, <laughs> stole Dio's. Um, elf band yeah and kicked their guitarist out and made richie blackmore's rainbow which of all the bands have kind of come from purple that was probably the biggest yeah most successful and really the best they were great yeah. they're so good very good and, and they good change lead vocalists a lot but every time yeah. they do it works it was good yeah 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 you give jolene turner a career for crying out loud yep okay here's this is Mark three. Four. This is Mark four. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. It is hard to keep track. Uh, you've got what track? Ugh, this is another, this is another deep purple self-titled album where I don't want to pick one. Um, but there's some, there's some shining lights on these. Uh, Lady Luck is the first one I picked. All right. We'll get through it quick. Don't, don't worry. It's just for me, it's just generic. It's seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's, don't not into that song. It shows you how much of the writing that Richie did. Yeah. And this not the guitar parts, because even on Stormbringer, you could hear his little, you know, kind of country slide licks and all that. Yeah. But the songs just don't feel like the purple anymore. Yeah. They've got that funk. They've got weird bass that Glenn. Uh, granted, they're all high now at this point. They're well, all on drugs. Yeah. All screwed up. I mean, which, uh, alone. which goes right along with the song I picked, which was <laughs> Dealer. 
<laughs> so yeah, of course they're all they're they're writing a song about a drug dealer. So here we go. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's 70s. I mean, <laughs> dealer coming home, Lady Luck. Yeah. You know, there's no devil mentioned on there, but should be. Yeah. Um, and another song that I didn't pick, but it's terrible, Getting Tighter. They play that one. If anything off of this album, they play that, I think. They should and avoid just, this album. I think they do, but people say they want to hear some deeper cuts and they start playing some of this stuff and it's really... Not good. I mean, the only person in the band currently that was on this album is Ian Pace. Yeah, and he does as a drummer, he does great. You know, yeah. but I mean, he. So when they when they're touring now, this this album should never even be thought of. They don't. No, God, no, they don't play that. This is right. getting tighter. Is more. Um, I think Glenn Hughes stuff. Oh, okay. If okay. you hear him doing, or if Coverdale's teaming up with him sometimes, and they don't play the. Uh, what is it? You keep on moving from this album, oh, which God. I think was a single. Oddly enough, yeah. You got you got Love Child up next. Yeah, because it's if you're gonna have a '70s album, why not put Love Child on? God, what a rhyme. You know Love what? Child, you're driving me wild. Because <sighs> you have every cliche on this album. Yeah. And that sounds like purple almost. That has yeah. a groove to it, a nice thick, chunky riff, but it doesn't sound like purple at all. Nope. It's not clean. It's not, not composed well, I don't think. No. So, Come Taste the Band comes out October 10th, 1975. It's yep. almost, it's exactly nine years until we get a new Deep Purple album, October 29th, 1984. And we're yeah. back to, let me get it correct. The Mark III logo reunites for. Nope. No? Mark II. Mark II. God, I'm not <laughs> editing it. I'm That's not right. editing it. Mark, we're in the yes. Mark II. Mark II. God, God <laughs> damn it, Kyle. That's all right. It's hard. Son it's a of a. Deep purple. Lot, Stop. A lot of moving parts. This is it's perfect strangers. Not a fan yeah. of the cover, but I do like the D and the P together like that. I like this cover. I think everything except for the, the band name at the top where it's got the goofy, just again, simple type. I like the logo. They should use that DP, the P and the D logo more often. And they don't. Even the little perfect strangers in the corner is all scribbled out. That's nice. Um, it's iconic, I think. For this time, it's a good 80s look to it. And 
you know, it shows them they're back, almost like a back in black or, uh, you know, Metallica black album, but not. <laughs> but yeah, they're all back. They convinced Richie to come back. They convinced Ian to come back and Roger. Um, in the meanwhile, they had Lord and Pacey playing and White Snake, which made sense because they had to do something. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Glenn Hughes went to do a bunch of different things. And Gillen had his own band still. Gillen was running around. And Rainbow had finally run its course, I think, in 83 with um, their last album there. I forgot what it was called. But yeah. So they got enough money probably and they came back. And Roger Glover's helping produce this. Not yeah, even he's, he's, got a, he's got a producing credit with the band. It says yeah. that the, the 1985 U.S. tour outgrossed every artist that year except for Bruce Springsteen. That sounds about right, I think. The yeah. band that big finally came back together with songs that big and an album that big too. This album, if not their second best, one of their better ones. Yeah. And it's got, it's got an updated sound, which is fine. Yes. You know, it's, um, it's, it's eighties, but not two eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have a keyboard a guy that plays keyboard is going to play something that sounds of the time. Right. Whether, whether it's that Hammond sound or your sound effects kind of, uh, approach to it but no it sounds it sounds like you said 1984 but not too much and you have the single yeah of course knocking and at I'm, your back door i remember hearing this song and i'm like oh this is fantastic well the jaws in the beginning how cool is that i know here we go Yep, his voice, yeah. I mean, the vocals are really up front in the mix. I love that always. And they should be, because after the last three albums without him, yeah, you missed him. And right. this really hit it home, really on all fronts, I think. The drumming, the keyboards, the singing, the bass, even the bass and, of course, the guitar. And the songwriting, especially. The songwriting is just clean, funky in some points, but just nice and riffy, thick, hitch-in-the-gut music. Yeah, I mean, after nine years of not being together, they sound yep. like they're having fun and rejuvenated. Yeah, in the video, when they had that come out, I think it, it might have been for Perfect Strangers, but they had the video when they're all coming back together and seeing each other for the first time and yeah. all glad-handing and 
you know, making it look like it's all hunky dory. Yep. It's good. Even though we know that, uh, that they probably met, uh, in an office building around <laughs> yes. a table and signed contracts. <laughs> um, make it look good for the video. It's MTV stuff. Right. All right. My pick is under the gun. Nice. Nice. Now, my copy of um, this album, CD, I should say, it's a release from 1999 on Mercury. They have a bonus track, uh, number 10, Son of Alaric. And hmm. it's a 10-minute song. And it's a 10-minute instrumental. Oh, God. But it's, it's great. It would, it's have almost, to be. it would have it, to be to keep my, me listening. That's the thing. You put it on and it's one of those ones you can put it on in the background, not pay attention to it in your mix and you'll hear it, but it's very catchy and they go through it and it's not, it repeats itself, but it's never like a, a drag at any point. Okay. You hear the same kind of themes going on, the same kind of bridges and not chorus, but musical kind of similarities throughout the whole thing, but they make it fun. And it's definitely a track worth looking at. Son of Alaric. Son of Alaric. Uh, and until you can hear that, let's hear the title track, Perfect Strangers. Yes.
epic. This has epic. that massive epic sound to it, especially with the keyboards in the beginning. And then everything just whooshes in like a wave hitting you at the beach. Yep. Very, uh, very a large sound. Now, for people keeping score, we're halfway through the albums. <laughs> so take your pee break. Yeah, go take your pee break. Actually, just come pause. on back. We're no, moving on to that. album. Album number 12 comes out yes. three years later. And I yes. believe the lineup is still intact. Am I right? You're correct. Mark two. Mark two. I'm glad you said it. I would have said Mark eight <laughs> or something. I'll keep you track on that. Yeah. Uh, um, every, everything's the same. We got the same label, yeah. same, uh, same production stuff. Uh, hold yeah, up right that album cover. This is the house of blue light. And this is a forgotten album. And there's a lot of reasons why the cover number one is not great. Not it great. does the work, but it doesn't make you want to buy the album. No, nope. it's a door. It's a door going into a house. And they show blue light inside very on the nose, but yeah. And the logo again, they, they did a little something different with the type, but not enough to make you say, Oh, this is going to be fun. And the music is a lot of okay stuff. And there's some good stuff. Exactly. I think exactly. they had two, two singles off of this. And even this call of the wild was the first single, which was eh. And Bad Attitude, which is a good song, I think. But even then, it's not enough to be a good uh, follow-up to Perfect Strangers. No. And they had, you know, they they they, they toured a lot. And uh, they're probably enjoying that and weren't concentrating much on the songwriting. It's, it sounds like it, unfortunately. All right. But and again, not terrible. And your first song is? Mine for this album is The Spanish Archer. I like that. It moves. It's got a nice rolling kind of feel. Oops, Sorry about that, Kyle. That's right. That's all. <laughs> guitar it's yeah very good guitar everything's good again when they're good they're good and when they're not they're okay <laughs> that's a that's a lot of this album that could be every band yeah but i mean even their okay stuff is still on this album at least they have good production it all comes across as everybody's playing you know at their level and mm -hmm. rich young guitar he's a guitar he's he's in the same breath as Beck and Page, he's one of those guys that people learn from, grew up on, loved, and there's he just constantly shows that reason why. I think maybe not, and everything is a hit that he does, but everything he plays is pretty standard, amazing. Let's move on to my. I think I picked the single, which was "Call of the Wild." Okay, because I'm not that familiar with this album. That's all right. Here we go.
feels like a single. Yeah, it's got a very glossy sound to it. Yes, very. With the, yeah, the kind of chorusy harmonies and all that. But it's a, it's okay. Um, this album also has another, not a um, anyone's daughter style song, <laughs> but more of that left field kind of song. And that's what I picked for my second one, Mitzi Dupree. Is that a real it, person? I would assume so. It's a story song. And it's again, it's not it's not in the uh politically correct realm, but it makes for a good slow kind of earworm. Let me guess, Mitzi Dupree is she, is, is, is she easy? Um, I would guess so, based on the lyrics, yeah. I just saw that the legend of Mitzi Dupree. Mitzi Dupree was an exotic dancer who became known as Queen of the Ping Pongs. Yep, that's in the song. <laughs> Why? Exactly, where going, what, what, exactly what's going on with the ping pongs? Um, she uses them in a certain way, I think. And it's My weird to have a song about her. Yeah. All right. She, yeah. All right, creepy guys. Uh, go hit Google, see what's going on. <laughs> And we'll it's hear got a good groove. Otherwise, we'll, we'll hear the tale of Mitzi Dupree. You think these guys met her? I bet they did. And that's what it sounds like from the song. Well, I knew right away that I'd seen her act before in a room behind the kitchen in Bangkok, and three or four times more in Singapore. She may not be the first. good rock and roll screaming yeah yeah it's a like i said a story song that he really kind of goes off on and yeah unfortunate you know <laughs> some of the stuff doesn't hold up today but yeah good groove that happens groove. yeah <laughs> all right three years later we're into mock 85 it feels like it doesn't it yeah uh, the lineup is changing again as we lose ian gillen, gillen. Yeah, for some reason he couldn't do the album when they wanted to do Richie wanted to do the album at a certain time. Um, for some reason Gillen couldn't do it. So Richie said, instead of him in the band this time, let's bring in my guy, Jolyn Turner. And From Rainbow. The, yeah, the final three. Was it three? I think three or four albums for Rainbow. So yeah. and I think everybody considers this album a uh, an outlier, to be nice. Or well, that album that album cover does not help. Slaves and Masters is the album. No, um, everything about it yeah, is bad. Yeah, this is uh, the first album of the '90s. Oh God, it's the cover looks like a fan art cover, which is yeah weird because, and maybe that's good for this album based on who's on it. You know, with Joe Lynn leading off, and he does a good job. I as much as you want to knock him. He does a great, he has a great voice. He does a good job on the album. It's another, 
situation like burn where all the songs aren't good there's some great songs and there's a lot of you know album tracks so to speak yep roger glover is the sole producer and it says here they were thinking about bringing jimmy jameson of survivor in to be on the album yeah i don't know why they did what they did or why they didn't do what they didn't do but but here's what they did and this is king of dreams good song like that song it just doesn't sound like deep purple to me at all i mean it's got the the parts right you got richie on guitar yeah you got john on the keyboard and it's all it sounds like pacey playing but if you don't have a certain vocal yeah kind of like cover and hughes then it really takes you away from that purple feel it really does um, but it is a, that's a great song that is a good song it's just like if the band was called something else <laughs> yes, it would be like, exactly. be like oh this is one of the lost great songs of the late 80s early 90s i remember um, when this came out on um on the radio i remember hearing this back in 1990 that may have been the first time i think hearing them before having an album or a tape of theirs yeah and hearing that and fire in the basement come on somebody's playing it around here for me to hear it some rock radio, yeah. radio. but i think yeah and so it got played i don't know you know Oh, I know why I didn't get picked up, but <laughs> I picked this. I picked the song that closes the whole thing out. It's called Wicked Ways. That's one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's it a good song. It doesn't sound like purple though. Again, it just sounds like <laughs> yeah. a band of the it, time, but and it doesn't sound like rainbow either. That's no, the thing. no, it, that would be difficult. Like, cause they probably don't want to sound like rainbow. Yeah. And, and yet they're not trying to sound like deep purple. It's a weird combination of both. <laughs> cause Richie brought in Joe Lynn because he wanted hits after deal left. He brought in Graham bonnet and that one had since you've been gone. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was a pretty big hit for them. I think their biggest hit, probably. And he wanted more of a commercial feel to get those hits. 
And Joe has that voice, but they just didn't have the, the songs for, I guess, enough, enough of the songs. And to put that together with the rest of the Purple Guys, it's just, it's a weird mix. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I am, uh, you brought up Graham Bonnet. I love since you've been gone. I'm not a fan of him vocally. From what I've heard, I think I've heard some Alcatraz tapes. Um, yeah, and he sings lead on uh, on one of the Michael Schenker solo albums. Yeah. But I'm just, yeah. just doesn't do it for me. For I don't know. He doesn't like, seem to have enough range for me. Yeah, it's more, well, he's more of those, that raspy guy. Yeah. And I do like that down to earth album he did with Rainbow. That's, the since you've been gone, uh, lost in Hollywood, Danger Zone, all night long. It's he's got a good sound for rock, but it's a very specific sound. So if you're not yeah. into it, then maybe Richie knew what that. to what how to utilize him better than the other people. Yeah, maybe, and he's young too. I think that was his beginning. All right, now this is this next song you have from Slaves and Masters. This sounds like a a catastrophe if this would ever happen. Fire in the basement. We don't want that. How do you not hit this with a single? It's amazing. It's got. I, I'm talking about the oh. subject matter, uh, Kyle. I know. As a homeowner, you do, you do not want to fire in the basement. <laughs> no, but will you at least talk about it more than you do the song. All right. Because nobody knows us. Here we go. Play, damn it. <laughs> does sound a little more purplish with john lord's keyboard yes that one's it's interesting i just really noticed it now uh roger glover on bass during the verse lines he really works that bass pretty good yeah he doesn't do the the cliff uh cliff williams one note serve the song he is really making that bass walk in those that's nice yeah because richie actually holds back for a little bit during those verses with just a couple of licks here and there and then hits it in the chorus hard all right, and let me Lord. see if I get it right. Hang on, Kyle. Hang on to your hat. <laughs> yes. All right. The next album from 1993, The Battle Rages On. We're back to Fingers Mark crossed. II. You got it. Yes. From five to two, like any number. Let's talk about uh, this. Let's talk catalog. about this busy cover with the two dragons that are. Uh, Oof. Boy. We got the DP thing in the middle and the dragons are like. Yeah, they're all in and around it, and it looks like they're fighting because the battle rages on. Well, there's a twist in the tail if you look, which is one of the songs on the album. They yeah. it's almost like they tried too hard 
but not enough. Um, it's weird. The logo is not the same as the one from 84, the DP inside each other. They got the proportions weird, so it looks funny. Um, the, the art's not bad, except for that. Like The dragons look good, but it's such a weird... <laughs> okay, dragons, I guess. Battle Rage is on on some kind of rice paper background with a stylized logo for the band name. It's, it's just all over the place. It's a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. And for me, I, I, I don't even have a song off this album. I don't, I don't like it. I don't blame you. Cause there's it's stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff. It's, it's not bad. It's just hard to hold on to or to get a hold of. Yeah. It's, it was, it, this one was rough. Yeah, and this is supposed to be Richie coming back, or not Richie going back. Ian Gillen came back. Right. He was, you know, back again. So we're going to get that 1984 Perfect Strangers kind of music. And this is not it. This is not even House of Blue Light. But again, it's not terrible. There's some good stuff on here. I picked the first one, uh, I think is the single, Anya. It's another one of these kind of epic, but it doesn't get close to Perfect Strangers. Six minutes and 32 second single. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. It sounds like a Maiden song starting up. Well, it's six minutes. It's one of the shorter ones. jump ahead on this one that's just you can stop it (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah it's the big thing of that is the guitar and the riff that kind of eastern-y riff yeah it's just it's such a shrug for me on this one it's just yeah it's not a lot to like. All right. But, you got one more. Yeah. I like the, there's one song. It's a, another outlier. It's called Solitaire. It's got a weird everything to it. <laughs> but it's catchy, I thought. All right. Let's do it. not bad not bad no it's it's one of the better ones i think on the album and it's okay (laughs) 
All right. Jumping ahead. Three years. Richie's gone, which brings us to Mark or Mark 72. Six. <laughs> we get Steve Morse on guitar, who stays yes. until today. Until the end of time, pretty much. Until the end of time. It's Steve Morse on guitar. It's so funny, too. He's from the Dixie Dregs. Yes. I just, I remember when he joined the band, or I heard he joined the band. I don't know. I don't know much about the Dixie Dregs. He just seemed like a different guitarist for this band. He didn't seem like the same type of guitarist. Am I right or wrong? You were definitely right. Uh, well, to a point, yes. The Dixie Dregs are a progressive band. They're very much a little countryfied because yeah. they're from the South, but very uh, almost Frank Zappi, that sound. A lot of very like accomplished musicians that play different time signatures, different kind of just sounds and different songs. <clears throat> but then after that, excuse me, Steve Morse went off on his own and did a lot of solo albums. And these also were progressive albums to a point, but a little more hard rock and guitar driven. And that's where I picked him up uh, when he was putting out these albums. He had a, him, a guy on bass, and a guy on drums, all crazy talented and um, a lot more progressive than just straight ahead rock. And I think that's why they picked him up because Richie, he bailed halfway through the tour, which is awesome, what you want. So they picked up Joe Satriani and that's how he comes into the band. Sort of. He uh, finished the tour out with the guys, which is nice because he had the talent to take sure. over Richie's stuff. And that's what you needed. And when they're done with him, I don't know if he just didn't fit right or he wanted to do his own stuff, but he didn't stay, but they needed somebody to still be able to play the Richie stuff. Well, not just a cheap cover band version. And Steve Morris had that talent he was younger, which is nice. And his own stuff is just amazing, too. He is a really accomplished player, smart player, and he rocks. Uh, talk about this cover because you are the artist. Okay, perpendicular. Yep. I kind of like it. It's purple. It's different. It's, first of all, how are you abandoning Deep Purple? And of all the albums we've been through already, not have a purple cover, maybe burn with the candles. That's kind of purple. Yeah. yeah Shades finally, of Deep Purple has a purple background. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. If you got the right, if you got the right version of that. Um, maybe this maybe is, they were bumped. Maybe Prince stole it from them. <laughs> well, they're smart and they went with what they had to, you yeah. know, purple. But perpendicular, it's, it's a stylized drawing of a cover. And again, the logo is garbage. <laughs> it's like the um, House of Blue, Blue Light logo where they're doing different letters, almost like a, a ransom note. Yeah. But the back cover is cool with all the, the song titles. They have the, the same red writing that's on the front, yeah. but it's all scratched out. That's cool. I like that. They're not going to They're not going to keep my ears held hostage, are they? Um, no. But this is a good album. I mean, if... For Steve Morse to come into the band and bring new life to them, because these are guys who've been around, this is yes. 96, so yeah. what, 20 plus years? Well, yeah, yeah, 20, like 27, 28 years. Almost 30 years, yeah. Yeah, they don't so, have any fire left. No, but they do. They're good. And um, But Steve comes in and really he blows them away with 
probably his best song of this era, Mark Six, Mark Six, Mark Seven era, uh, Vavoom, Ted the Mechanic. All right, let's hear what that's about. Chunky, I like the chunky guitar sound. Yes, it's they wrote a nice simple riff that's thick and chunky, and it works. And they didn't release this as a single. Of course, this is on the album record label, Prominent. You know, Prominent Records. Sure, sure. It's, they uh, they've got all the biggies. It's CMC. I think it's one of those mid nineties. Yeah. You know, all the old rock bands got kind of shuffled off to these little records that they were they were no lucky ever, they were lucky to get signed anywhere. Yes, exactly. Nowadays they, they don't would, find they these would, on Spotify. Yep. Nowadays they would just re-release it on their own label on their website or whatever. But back then you still the technology to do that wasn't quite no wasn't not there as at all. easy. Nope. No. Nope. And somebody so they, paid for it too. That yeah. was the other thing. So they had to find some any label that would release it so yeah and they still you know what they're still doing that today i think the label they're on now is edel e-d-e-l all right or ear music you know something you never heard of yeah yeah it's somebody that'll pay for making the album and the promotion and all that yeah and that's what you need yeah. when you're yeah. a, a legacy artist i guess all so. right <laughs> i i love this tune on the album i love this song called rosie's cantina that's a, nice, Cantina. that's a nice wiggly one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the groove on this one. Definitely. Here we go. Gonna Rose's Cantina. Gonna Rose's Cantina. Open that she's still there. Gonna Rose's Cantina. Might have been the dust in my eyes Might have been the dust in my eyes Could have been the neon cactus lighting up the desert sky Must have been the dust in my eyes I like that. Fun. Definitely good groove. Moving on. One more song from Perpendicular. Get it? Yeah. Perp. Oh, purple dick Euler. Well, I don't know about that part, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, when you slow that's, it down, it's it's gross. <laughs> that's a little weird. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all the guitars on this. Yeah, all the guitars on this album aren't Richie, but they have their own feel to it, and the songwriting just sounds fresh. A lot, of course, different than Battle Rages on or even the last couple three. Um. And there's two songs on this album, The Aviator and A Touch Away, that are a little more ballady, okay. or at least more low-key. So I picked A Touch Away, 
being the one I thought we've had fun listening to. Just as, just to give us a little more texture to the band. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. the type of song that we really haven't heard this whole episode yeah it's a it's another outlier but it's a new outlier it's not the it's not the this kind of song on the album right it's a new kind of this kind of song on the album exactly yeah but a good one definitely a good one now everybody again you can hear it really hear the drums i think the production on this album really it's a it's deep purple just by themselves but it really stands out as being one of those more clean, heavy kind of productions. Right, exactly. I heavy agree. heavy being clean that you can hear everything and really has a lump to it. They were trying something you know, that album, didn't work. Album, then it is album, same producer, same kind of theme, feel, of the eyes of Alice Cooper and then Dirty Diamonds. And they're both kind of that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Rock of um, trash and then Hey Stupid, same thing. Alice did that a lot. So, yeah. And that's what this feels from this point. Actually, from this point on, it kind of goes that way for a little bit. Okay. And this feels like a, a continuation of perpendicular. All right. And the first song from a band and that you have is something called fingers to the bone. Yeah. Not the, not the uh, single, but um, it's a, got a definite um, feel to it. A little different, but I like it. Here we go. is cloud on our horizon My hands are tied down to that promise note I signed upon Always been this way It's the moment we get So funny with bands like Deep Purple, like, like, um, like, let's say it was one of my favorite bands. And then I, in 98, yeah. I'm telling my friends, oh, man, Deep Purple has a new album out. And my friends are saying, who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're yes. like, what are you talking about, Deep Purple? Why are you still listening to Deep Purple? I mean, that's what they that's when you're a fan and you're hanging on yeah. for dear life to these bands that you still love. And like no one close to you. Give no, shit. no, not at all. I, not at all. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember hearing Roger Glover did an interview on our local radio station down in Hartford. And um, 
he was talking about this album and they released that was i think they that doesn't say they released a single but they played the first song on this album as um as the single that they came out with the album for and it was odd because you never heard from them anytime really and i never heard of this album ever again after that no it's 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 just like and then it's it's not like if you don't if you didn't buy it at the time it goes out forever you you can't find it yeah it's uh it's weird because it's not a bad album no it's just a forgotten album again yep now I picked the song because I love a story song, and this song rocks. And it's uh, it's about the year 1969. That's but a the, rocker, definitely. But the song is just called 69. So insert your joke. Here we go. <laughs> some rock and roll that's a voracious guitar right there yep that's nice and it's moves a lot of these bands that are older 30 years in they put out albums and they don't do the the faster songs anymore yeah either because they can't or don't want to um def leopard will do one every once in a while but it's never what you want Mm. um but this is that's great i mean undeniable now your next song from a band and is called jack ruby i believe that's about a stripper from texas no, it's and, a guy who went to a strip club. Oh, he, a guy who went to a strip club in Texas. Okay. Yes. And he loved the ping pongs. <laughs> Maybe. That was his favorite. <laughs> I, b- I believe that's what this song's about. <laughs> we'll find out. All right. Let's play it. Jack Ruby. go jack ruby a great tipper at the strip club is what that song's about <laughs> but it's got such a good groove i mean that's one of the ones even nowadays i'll just if something gets in my head if i see the name or hear the story about that then i'll just start singing it in my head and, you know tap it on the steering wheel or something yep good groove very good groove for that one all right five years we're jumping to 2003 yeah. the album's called bananas we have a lineup change which takes us to mark 87 now we're we March have, 7, yes. We have Don Airy in for John Lord. Now, where did John Lord go? Because he didn't pass away. Not yet. John Lord, he, I, I know he got cancer at some point, but I think it was down the road. He wanted to retire. He'd okay. in the span 30 plus years and he wanted time. They're all older and they're, I think, 60s at this point, or at least late 50s. Wanted to spend time with his daughters and his wife. And I think he also, he was the guy who was very classically trained. 
And he wanted to write more classical music and do more classical pieces like that stuff. So, and he did, he would go off and he'd come back and, you know, jam with the guys every once in a while if they're on tour. And um, of course, I'm sure he saw them all the time, just being related to some of them. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, he just wanted to do more than just purple. All right. And uh, And, go ahead, sir. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Who better else to get in the band with a guy who's such a monster player like John Lord was than Don Airy, a guy who's done everything for everybody the last 30 years in rock and roll. I like that they didn't go with some new young gun keyboard player. They went with a guy who's been around. He knows this type of music. He's an exceptional player and he's Mm -hmm. of the age of the rest of the band because the rest of the band's probably like, we don't want to hang out with some guy that's 20. (laughs) Exactly. That is so nice to see. They already did that with Steve Morris. He was a young guy when they brought him in. Yeah, Steve Morris is the young guy. We don't want another young guy. (laughs) But Ari, he's... First of all, he's accomplished. I mean, he can play the stuff. That's what they really, one, needed. But they also need somebody that can fit in with the band on tour, fit in the band during the writing process. Yeah. And I'm sure they knew him from all over the place. I'm sure yeah. Gillen knew him when he was in Sabbath and all that. And he is such a different kind of performer than John Lord was, especially writing-wise. So he brings a lot of that into this album, especially, I think. This is my favorite album of this new era, the Steve Morse era, just because all it has the most songs that are fun and good and ones I like. Um, but in the beginning, especially this, uh, this album, he seems very much like a, a sound effects kind of guy. Huh. A lot of his, Don Eric does, you have keyboard players, you have the sound effects guy that puts in the little pew, pew, space kind of keyboard stuff. Yes. You have the, the thematic guy, the, you know, the atmospheric guy who will play the stuff that lays in the bed below. That sounds creepy or ethereal or stuff like that. You got a Lord who plays like a guitar with the riffs and the kind of staccato again. And Ari can do it all. But for most of his career, when you've heard him on albums, I think it's more atmospheric and sound affecting. Gotcha. So this is a different kind of style for him to play. If he's going to play the, all the old Lord stuff. Yeah. But he does a great job. And what about this album cover, dude? It's awful. <laughs> Everything it's, about it is awful. It's uh, it's called bananas. It's, it's got like a truckload of bananas and it's got two, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Working how at two, the banana factory. Yeah, yeah. Two guys that may be working a banana factory, just yeah. taking a break, sitting on the bananas. It's just, what the hell is going on with this? This doesn't, it was based on, uh, I can't even remember what it was. It was based on a joke. A lot of these are like band jokes, like in band jokes. Yeah. yeah and bands Somebody don't was, have a great sense of humor normally. No. <laughs> band humor is the worst. It. It's a great name for an album, Bananas. Yeah. Just straight out. But if you don't know the joke and the cover is not great, then there you go <laughs> and the, there's the, something about legislation about charging for bananas or something to do with that i know that yeah. but yeah but the music inside top notch the stuff. uh the photo cover photo was taken by the band's manager bruce Payne, at the time so they that was that was cheap sure so, midnight was it 2000 early 2000s 2003 yeah uh, boy bands right. and pop and rap rock so yep. you gotta do what you gotta do what's your song First one, uh, sil- 
Silver Tongue. Speaking of sound effects, lots of it on this one for the keyboard, but another groove. You know, I can dream in any language. I do not mean to start that when you're talking. I'm so sorry. You're fine. I don't know where I'm going with this, so. All right, let's start I'm it over. I'm falling in that. I can dream in any language. silver tongue and i'm going to jump right yes. into mine sure i chose house of pain that's a good one thank you i didn't write it <laughs> Had a, a more classic deep purple feel for me that song so that's yeah why I chose yeah it. i can understand that yeah this is a, another set where they started producing it with a new guy michael bradford never heard of him who, i don't remember what he was from or what he's done since but he did the next this one and the next one and mixed results <laughs> so to speak uh the second now, song i'll I tell you what if um yeah if Wikipedia is correct, uh, Michael Bradford is an African-American gentleman. Okay. And um, American musician, native of Detroit, mainly known for bass guitar, has worked with Madonna, Kid Rock, band huh. called Youngstown. That's different. Yeah, Beth okay. Hart, Deep Purple, Dave Stewart, Uncle Cracker. Yeah, kind Beth of eclectic. Hart, yeah. New Radicals, yeah, kind of eclectic. Maybe they're going for a newer sound. I know. I wonder how you uh, how they hook up with a, a guy like that that's uh, yeah. seems out of their wheelhouse a bit. Yeah, it, maybe that's why. I guess. All I can, right. All, all I can think of. Uh, next one I picked was "Picture of Innocence," another fun Here song. Here we go. Banana. Sticking to my shoe. So this is what tomorrow holds. Hopes and dreams are bought and sold. But still the world is misty, green and blue. Since no drinks, no smokes, 
no dicking around and no dirty no jokes. dirty jokes yeah <laughs> i like the, i like the phrase dicking around that doesn't get you know, used enough guys hashtag dicking around when you hear this episode <laughs> hashtag kyle and pat dicking around Ooh, that's a little mm, right <laughs> maybe all right that's what are what we, we moving on to we're moving um uh, two years 2005 yeah. hit a hole called rapture of the deep did you say hit a hole yeah this is a kind of a turd this album cover blows it's, for me i no. hate it again they can't get the the logo down they put a backwards e in deep so that's supposed to be something it's a reflection picture it doesn't do the job and then look rally in yeah. the word in deep purple they have a backwards e but then in rapture of the deep the e's not backwards at least stay consistent yes somebody should have been doing their job and they did not this is so like this doesn't say rock and roll to me this looks like a no. 10,000 maniacs album cover yes exactly i mean this is so bad <laughs> it's purple I mean, it's bad for deep purple it might not be bad for another band but this this is yeah. awful it's just some, like this is on eagle records now so i don't know if they're just leaving it up to the record label to do this business or what but it's lazy it's important people you would think you would think all right let's start with kyle hildreth that's the co-host virtual co-host remember you know we're doing we're doing this by zoom folks so uh the audio is as good as i can make it it's usually not as good as when we do it live and in person but we do the best we can i'm just telling you that I, i'm not anticipating the audio to be bad but i just like to throw that out there <laughs> No, you know what you do. I love it every time you say my name because you say it better than anybody else in our family. Anybody else I've ever heard say it before? I don't even say it that well. I'm not I even good. At, I'm not even good at saying many words, but for some reason, no, but I can say your name. You do it great. I say Hildreth, and you say Hildreth, just like it's spelled, and it's great. Yeah, and so that always makes me laugh when you hear that. Uh, the, <laughs> first, the first song I picked was, um, and this is a, again hit or miss album. Uh, girls like that. Now that means slutty girls, right? I would think so. Probably dicking around, right? Do you, do you think so or do you hope so? Depends on the girl. <laughs> Here we go. Slutty girls by Deep Purple. I'm sorry, girls like that. one yeah that was one of the better ones on this album it feels like an album worth of um cast offs from the last one when you have an album so f- and that was a long track list i think at least 12 songs on that one maybe yeah. 11 songs and this one just feels like a lot of you know ones that didn't make that first album let's rework some of those yeah. take some other ideas and yeah this and then Big, yeah. you know you yeah. have an album called bananas and then this album's called rapture of the deep that sounds like a like some type of a concept album mm-hmm. title. It just doesn't work for me at all on any level. I'm so mad about this. They put somebody else did. Um, it might've been the band even they put out an alternate cover or right? they made their own cover. Somebody else did with a porthole 
of looking out at the ocean somehow, uh-huh. something that made sense. And it looks so much better yeah. than this one. It's just, yeah, it's I mean, frustrating. There's so many, yeah, there's so many things you can do with the title, Rapture of the Deep, but they didn't yeah. even try for a nope. second to do it. No, nope. it just matched the whole inside of the album too, I think. All right. I picked the song Don't Let Go. And I my note was that I just love the guitar intro. So let's let's see cool. what I love. Let's see. Let's hear. <clears throat> Don't let go. Nice guitar. Yeah. You like the guitar? I like that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's one we don't come back to a lot. All right. What? But the next one we're going to hear from you is Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye. Sure. I, so it must have been something about it I liked because I put it down, but I couldn't sing it for you right now if I knew. This is not an album that, Kyle, you like. No. All right. Kiss tomorrow no. goodbye. Then we're going to kiss this album goodbye. Yep. Now, I believe, is this the longest gap between Deep Purple albums coming up? Yes. Definitely. Was it eight years? Eight years. Oh, no. I guess it was nine years between. Oh, yeah. Come Taste the Band. But this is the second longest. Eight years. Yeah. And we get to an album called Now What? Question mark, exclamation point. And let's talk about this fucking cover. Here's the problem with this cover. The, Everything. Um, <laughs> yes. I like the, the, lo- the, not the logo, but the deep purple spelled with the question mark for the P. Yeah. And the exclamation for the, that's great. The question mark is a P and the exclamation yep. point is the L, is the L. in purple. Yes, yes. I like that. And I love the title. Now what? That's a now great what? name for an album. Yeah. What are we going to do now? After all these it's, years, now what? Exactly. The picture's lazy. It's just the question mark and exclamation point. That's lazy. But the I mean, concepts, get, they're, they're getting better. But it's just like it's purple lettering just on a white background. It's like, yeah, like just, if you do that right, it's great. This is, I mean, 
not really that. Look at this. I just came up with this right off the top of my head as an album. I'm going with the title. Now what? I like to do this sometimes. I swear to God, I'm just thinking this up. What if you had, what if you had a guy in a parachute and his, he's hung from a tree. That's a great idea. And it says, now what? I mean, give me something. Some, the title needs to go with, you know what I mean? I think at this point they were burnt out. Um, after that not great album with Brad, Bradford there in 05, they took eight years off and they didn't know what to do. I think they're maybe thinking about retiring probably at that yeah. point. And that's why it's called Now What? What else can you do as a band? But, and this is conflicting, <laughs> they brought in Bob Ezrin. So he's not Ezrin for that. Like, I wouldn't even think that at this point in their career, Deep Purple could afford Bob Ezrin. I, I don't know if it's that kind of situation or if it's just they make so much money off smoke on the water, maybe. But I think they I've seen the video of them working on one of the later albums and they get around along really well. I think okay. they work really well together the same way that Cooper works with Desmond. Um, it's just more of a, a cohesive environment to create music in, I think. A partnership of, of gentlemen um, that are uh, that being said. Yes. Yes. Now that being said, this is a crap album. I, I didn't even pick a song from it. I didn't like any of you it. Shouldn't. There's two, there's one and a half good songs, I should say. And the first one I picked, which is the best one off the album by far, because of the gang vocals. It's the one song that Purple has gang vocals on, Hell to Pay. Okay, let's hear it. You failed, Bob Ezrin. You failed. remember when this album came out there were a bunch of different versions and bonus tracks and all yeah. kinds of stuff and they were really i felt like they they were really pushing this album i'm looking at some reviews here all music gives it four out of five yeah um daily express four out of five metal hammer gives it six out of seven metal hammer That's why silly. is seven your high why is deep purple and metal hammer how about that i mean the record collector gives it four out of five this is Ultimate Guitar Archive gives it 8.3 out of 10. These are all lies. These are, this is on the same plane as Deep Purple 3, Deep Purple self-titled. It's, and come taste the band, I think. It's it's a nice start for Bob Ezrin to start working with them. I think they were invigorated by him, but the stuff that came out was just a, a start. It wasn't anything great. Right. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. 
the way car buying should be. All right, let's let's hear your second one. You have two cue points here. No, I do. Seconds, and then then you want me to jump to a one twenty minute twenty. Oh no, no, I think just forty to one twenty, maybe forty to one twenty. Okay, I can do that. I don't know why. I don't know why I put that, but yeah, go to forty. Okay, this is called Vincent Price. Yep, love that. creepy play that on halloween yeah that has good guitar good um you know vincent price is fun to sing about of course sure that's a single that's five singles off this album the, the, five uh, goddamn uh, singles come on see that's what i mean the push on this album was big it's hard yes zero hey pat uh deep yeah. purple are back <laughs> i don't know if you heard i did hear but now what Ugh, exactly now what are they gonna do <laughs> that that answers your question i think now that being said, we're this moving next on album. to the 20th studio album. Let's talk about the cover. I love it. Awesome cover. An they awesome got... cover. Awesome cover with a caveat. Um, first of all, the type is great. Great type for the name and the it's infinity, infinity or infinite, depending on who you talk to and what you say. The cover is great with that boat going through. The logo forms a D and a P. Yep, but I think it's also from the Devin Townsend project. I think that's or was it them? Somebody else has used that DMP. Okay, like an infinity oh. sign. Yeah, which is unfortunate because again, you're doing the same Stormbringer kind of crap. Yeah, this but, is good though. But it's so good. It's so unique. And you know what? Inside, um, <laughs> they kind of do what they did on In Rock, the snow. Um, Oh, that's cool, though. It's on a glacier. Faces, yeah, faces that's are on good. a glacier. That's good. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. And even better was the band photo. You don't. We talked about that last time with Iron Maiden. The band they didn't have a band photo. Right. They took them in the snow somewhere, and they put them all in snow gear, like they're going it. up to the Arctic. It's so yep. cool. I love How it. You, I, oh, yeah. Everything it's about so that is good. This is a. And it's a good album too. That helps, doesn't it's it? It's a good album when, when the music is nice. Yes, when the music, when you like the music, and you're you're not fooled by the album cover because the music. Yes, exactly. Good. Bob Ezrin is finally getting his uh, his legs with these guys. I think. Yeah. Twentieth album. You've got a song called "Time for Bedlam." Yep, leads off the track uh, the album, and for good reason. It rocks. Here we go. Surrender to fate 
I like the little keyboard effects in that. Oh, that's great, isn't it? It's so all good. out-tuny and yeah. it's so all fun. Great. Just yeah. fun. Yes. That's what this album is. After the slog that now what was, they flipped the ship back over and came out with a, a nice collection of songs in this yes. album. Four years later, they did it. I picked and swears. Song, I picked this song called uh Johnny's Band. Because again, yes. I like I like a story song. And I love it because Johnny's band's good. And so the guy singing the song hates Johnny's band. <laughs> That's how That's, I heard it. Gillen's a good, he's a good story writer and he likes a lot of wordplay too, but yeah, give it to him for that one. Here we go. guy that's been doing it forever all of a sudden this johnny guy wakes up and just says yeah you know what i'm gonna do that <laughs> and he's successful and it's just like <laughs> what the god damn it johnny <laughs> it's the point of view of an older band yeah yeah that's pretty funny all now, right also, one more from infinite or yeah. infinite or infinity or infinito no that's <laughs> not it. there's a lot of different ways a lot of different this ways. one's uh Another one that pushes hard. All I got is you. All right. Let's push hard through this uh, 20th. Way to go, Gillen. You just made the episode explicit. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big fan of swearing in songs, but that one actually does sound like it fits pretty well. Yeah. I mean, if, if someone doesn't lean on it, like again, there's a Billy Joel song called Laura and he says, here yep. I am feel like a fucking fool. And I think up until then he had never said anything, maybe more than damn or hell. Yeah. yeah so it yeah. didn't feel, it just it sticks felt, out. It sticks out, but I liked it because it felt it felt cool because I'm like, well, he doesn't lean into this. So <laughs> this is the first time they've done this too. And yeah. also on hip boots, too, I think. Yep. It, uh, yeah. But no, very good. Or when nice. David Lee Ross says she looks so fucking good. Like <laughs> there's not swear words in Van Halen songs. No. All it's right, 2020, three years after infinite, infinite, infinity, we get. Whoosh. 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 Oh, also, back in 2016, Pacey has a heart attack. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm sorry. A stroke. A mini stroke. 
Okay. The guy, you know, the guy in the seventies who's playing drums still after 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. He should be in the best shape of his life. He's still going. He's not in great shape looking at him, but no, he he's plays never like, been, he's never been your matinee idol. No, no, definitely not. No, he's not John Lawyer with the long hair and the sunglasses. No, he, he but, got um, girls because he could play music. Yeah. And he can play and he still plays just like the same way. Yeah. He is amazing. Um, but yeah, whoosh, whoosh is a, Again, this is another, I think, a double album kind of run when you have Infinite and Whoosh together. And because this is also a good album cover. Yes. Smart. Very smart. Again, with the astronaut, a little um, end game with the snap. Kind of. Yes. A little end game with the snap. But he's a uh, good type yeah, on the logo. Yep. He's on a planet and he's just, he's just starting to disintegrate. Yes. And, um, a lot of songs in this one too 12 songs too many i think they have one of those like one track is a beginning of another song that isn't a real song kind of garbage yeah but at the end they have um and the address the first song from the first album is the last song on this album instrumental version instrumental yeah 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 because it's well it's an instrumental anyway so yes yeah yeah so that's pretty cool uh, yeah, but it, it's a good album. It's not as good as the last one, but still good. And you're going to start with um, this one. I'd start with "Throw My Bones." All right, here Lisa. we go. Dicking around with "Throw My Bones." <laughs> good one yeah this really this album i think is a standout it's don airy's best um best performances maybe the best writing he has at least for his parts yeah it's a really big standout album for him all songs written by deep purple and bob ezrin yeah um infinity they threw in another cd or a dvd to show you how they made the album uh-huh um and even then they were talking about maybe giving it up after that one because infinity they're on the long goodbye tour at that point. Um, Steve Morris has problems with his hands where he's wearing like a wrist guard and it's having pl- trouble playing for a long period wow. of time. Yeah. It's really almost where they're all falling apart. And then what? Probably less than three years later, they pop out another album. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. I guess we're still good then. But yeah, this is a good, and this album has one of, I would say, the best songs of their career with um, Nothing At All. Which is going to be your next song, but before we hear that, this song is called Drop the Weapon. It almost sounds like some guys are uh, all getting into a fight yes. on uh, uh, on Black Friday. Yeah. yeah it sounds like that. a couple of guys go out, they want to buy a big screen TV, and there's a tussle. 
the gun. Under the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's find it. Drop the weapon. Working up a sweat, stepping over lines, you know what happened next. More trouble than anyone can use. It's a predetermined thing. You lose your right to choose. No way to turn it around. You got no more time, no time to calm yourself down. Once you press the button, man, it's coming to a head. This is what it's like to be at a concert with Mike Schmidt. <laughs> when he's taking his watch off. I go, Mike, just let it go. Mike, let it go. It's not worth it. Not Drop worth it. I am. Uh, I am. I am. In, I cannot back you up. <laughs> I am out. Please don't do it. Uh, yeah, I like that tune. I just like it. And I like There's a lot key, of fun like on this album. Keyboards. Yeah. yeah. So this brings us to the last song of the proper studio albums and we'll talk a little bit about yeah. the covers yeah. album now i got your i got your two song list for the covers album late so here's what we'll do that's fun you can pick one as the playout song that's cool but first you're telling me this next song is one of the best songs of their career i'd say so yeah it's um i think it's how long is this song i don't even know four minutes and 43 seconds it seems longer but, <laughs> that's that's which never is a, good it's a weird thing to say but it's such a almost like an uplifting song all right and happy song and the keyboards really should i mean keyboards and guitar both the new guys they really shine on this one here we go nothing at all the new guys they're yeah. 70 <laughs> <laughs> play damn it why is it playing i hear nothing at all it's not Because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really sound like Deep Purple. No, it doesn't. And I think the the guitar and the again the guitar and the keyboard they don't work the way that you think of Deep Purple having those instruments work exactly. But it's amazing how they work together in that song, and it's a good song. They work it out pretty well. It is a good song, and uh, again, they they uh, 
they close if they never do another studio album again that's a pretty great one yeah yeah i'd like them to do more because i mean I original think, studio album i don't think they're no, done no i don't know they, they seem like they're they still have it yeah if you're putting out if you're putting out that that's not so what and give up and get leave on right i think they keep going until somebody else is done in the band probably until someone passes that's pivotal yeah that or Gillum just can't sing anymore or Roger's done playing right. something like that or Pacey <laughs> for some reason has a heart attack or stroke right. or something like that yeah um so that brings us to our final album in the discography it's yeah. album number 22 it's called turning to crime again let's talk about the album cover they nailed it again best Perfect. of the whole the second half of their career I mean, look at that. It's, it's, per, it's perfect. Turning to crime and it's, it's mug shots. It's awesome. They, the promotion for this was great. They just released on social media. They released the mug shots and that was it. Yep. And like, what the hell are you doing? It didn't say anything about the album. Didn't say any new music. And they did it slowly and kept on coming out with this. And then they released the name of the album, Turning to Crime. That's a great title. Very yeah. English. Very, yep. um, not ever used for anything I've heard of. No. And the the mug shots and the the red string to trace, you know, here to there and all that kind yep. of police kind of um, like bulletin board stuff. A paper clip Great. like on a file and and they just they just look beat. They look yeah. so grizzled and it's so good. All the all the uh, hook that up again for me to see. I can yeah. see Kyle, you can't, but I, I it's a lineup. See. It's a lineup. That kind With of dream the- police. They, t- they took that from dream. Police. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it no, fits it's in cool. with all the other stuff. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so smart, so good. Everything about this album's awesome, yep. except that it's a covers album. <laughs> except that it's a covers album, and um, but, yeah, uh, some of the choices are inspired. Some of them aren't. Yeah, like Sh- Shape of Things or White Room. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, and, but I do like this album a lot. I, I enjoyed listening yeah. to it. Even for a covers album, it's got stuff you've never heard before yep. and stuff they do different and well. Yep. Um, one of the songs I picked was Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. And in the soloing, Don Arrow, Don Airy, not Arrow, Don Airy throws in a little of um, Smoke in the Water. Go, dur, 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 dur. There you go. That's, the, that's cool. the fun stuff. Yes, that's the good stuff. But the song I'm going to pick for the playout has got to be the uh, Fleetwood Mac song, Oh Well. Oh Well. Yeah. All right. Now, before we play that, Let's do a little promoting. Kyle, sure. where would you like people to find you? Please come find me on Instagram. That's probably the best place where you can find all my work and get in touch with me the best. O-V-E-R-K-Y-L-A-R-T on Instagram, Overkill Art. And obviously, Kyle will be doing the Facebook artwork for this episode. Oh, you'll see it on Facebook, and you'll also see it on Twitter. And I always loop Kyle's Twitter handle into whatever artwork he does, just so you guys can go follow Kyle and then find them other places. Now but don't go on Twitter because it's uh, for me <laughs> at least. I'm not there. <laughs> You're not there. No. Nah. The um we are at Rock Solid Show. Uh you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show, episodes, t-shirts, and you can go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast if you want to support the show. And why don't you want to? You All do. Right. You definitely do. Now, with that, we are going to play Oh Well. It's uh, written by Peter Green, originally done by Fleetwood Mac. 
It's a fantastic song. Kyle, thanks so much for doing this today. We <laughs> we you. came in at around three hours. That's crazy. Well, oh, but I mean, look. It's what they needed. If you're listening, any any band that has 20 plus albums and we're going to play two to three songs off each album, <laughs> it might take a while. long haul. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we get some new deep purple fans. Hopefully we taught the people, the albums to avoid. I think they could figure that out. Yeah. yeah. And the ones to purchase with this that. Is so cool. Thank with you. That, thank you, Kyle and everybody else. Please enjoy deep purple's cover of. Oh, well. the sheep I'm in. I can't sing. I ain't pretty. I'm a leg to thin. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to. Said, stick by me and be your guiding hand. But don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to.